Welcome to the Best Picture cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast to review each one, each episode myself. And revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not, however... What we're doing here today, because today is my very favorite of all the holidays, it is Thanksgiving, and we here at Best Picture Cast are here to wish you a happy Thanksgiving, and we're going to do so the only way we know how, and that's to review a Stephen King movie. That's kind of <laughs> what we do around here. So I have back my old Thanksgiving buddies, two, uh, two friends I'm very thankful for here today to talk about uh, an author who I'm also very thankful for, and I'll start first with... Chris G, Chris G, welcome back. Happy to be back once again. Love the holidays and uh, love our little Stephen King get-togethers here. That's right. And this was kind of a, a this movie was kind of a bit of a request from you from uh, previous years. Yeah, well, um, I, I have picked it in a in a um, a draft before, and uh, it is it's something that I think I was trying to convince you to watch for the yeah. first time, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was a, a recent watch for me. Basically, the f- a first watch about about a year ago, a year mm. and a half ago. Or so, but I also have with us Joey R. Joey, welcome back. Oh, thank you so much. Love Stephen King Thanksgiving. It feels feels fitting for what we do. Yes, thanks. King King's Giving. Yeah, King's Giving. That's better than Thanksgiving King, which is <laughs> oh, that's good too. But uh, yes, yeah, so. And it's the three of us, the uh, the OG Thanksgiving guys. We started our, our first Best Picture cast Thanksgiving with my favorite movie of all time, The Shawshank Redemption. Great episode. It was a lot of fun, one I'm very, very proud of. And last year, we did Stand By Me. Both movies are adapted from the same uh, book of novellas, Different Seasons by Stephen King. Rita Hayworth and The Shawshank Redemption and The Body. There was a third movie novella in there that I, I wanted to do as our third Thanksgiving, but there's a number of reasons why maybe we can wait a year. <laughs> yeah, I think App Pupil could get another 12 months to breathe. App <laughs> Pupil, one of my favorite, actually one of my favorite Stephen King short stories. It's really dark and twisted. But, you know, I, for that one, I think I'm going to have to have you guys read read the, oh, uh, the thing first. Yeah. And there was just no time for anyone to do that this year, especially with the it and all, yeah. that, all we had to do on that. And you're going to hear our it episode next week. Chris had suggested in the past, let's let's do the trilogy of the Family Guy Stephen King uh, episode, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and and have Misery close that one out. So we just did Shining for our uh, horror fest winner. So yeah. we're all, we're all up. Yeah, on the they they King. famously didn't do that in the Family Guy episode, right? He makes right. a point of being like, "Wouldn't that be great?" Like Steve's like, "Wouldn't it be great if I was running around like Jack Nicholson?" But <laughs> nope. We're, instead, we're going to do Misery. Yeah, <laughs> the Simpsons did it so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah here's Misery instead. Misery Man is adapted from a uh, from uh, this time a novel, but not one of his his token long novels. I, I don't. Do, Joey, have you read Misery? I have not, but I did look at it. Uh, it's only like three hundred something yes. pages, which for him feels like a brochure. Yeah, short story. <laughs> That's true. It's true. Now, th- this is so. I think for every Stephen King movie we've covered, I've read the book. So this is the first time that we're doing it where I have not read the source material. And Chris, you just alluded to before of you trying to get me to watch it. Why haven't you watched it? Why haven't you watched it? I generally try to read his stuff first yeah. before I do the adaptation just because it's, I don't, the task of reading a book, I, I prefer the extra element of imagination. Yeah. And when you have that adopted source, and of course, there's some that I've done that, you know, that, that I mean, with Shawshank Redemption and The Body, or The Body, right. Stand By Me are two examples of that where I had the movie in mind while I was reading the book. The Shining would be another one. So all the ones we've covered have kind of gone that way. Right. 
and so this one's going to join that uh, too. Where it's kind of like a catch twenty two because if you watch the movie first, then read the book, you have the movie in your mind. But if you watch the movie and have have already read the book, then you have the book in your and so everything they change, you're like, oh, well, that's not the same, or that's you know, maybe like gets in your head. I'm glad you kind of watched it as a as its own thing because that way you didn't have any baggage. Yeah, and and I I think I've kind of found I almost always tend to enjoy the movies more when I haven't read the book. Yeah, yeah, sure, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know when when you go that way, it's you read you don't have the time to develop the characters like what you think they're gonna look like and be. It's just it's that. So it just takes away from the experience. Yeah, you know, I, I, I hear people talk about that a lot. And like, I oddly, and sometimes it's unavoidable, but I oddly don't have a hard time separating the actor who portrayed the uh, the character. Like when, when I'm reading the book, I still kind of am able to picture my own person based on the descriptions and how the person's acting within it. It's not like, you know, when... You know, when I read The Shining, I just kept thinking of Jack Nicholson. You'd think that that would be the case. For me, it wasn't. I was kind of yeah, able to, to envision you lost, Jack Torrance. You get lost there. in it, and, and it's its own thing. Yeah. yeah, and there's other times where it's unavoidable. You know, yeah. it's like you can't read Hearts in Atlantis and not think of Anthony Hopkins sitting there. It's just <laughs> like he's just, just an old British man. You know, right. like it's so there's certain there are certain ones where it's harder than others. But Chris, I'll ask you first. What was your first experience with Misery? Was this one kind of you saw as a kid, or did you see it as an adult for the first time? I saw it in the theater. No way. Did you really? Yeah, dude. Wow. I was so ten. Jeez. Yeah, inappropriate parenting uh, once again <laughs> pops up, rear, rears its ugly head. <laughs> yep, I saw it in the theater with my dad. Yeah, that's amazing. I don't think, to be fair, I mean, he. I don't think he knew what it was. Well, when I think misery, I think a uh, romp. Well, okay, fair, but like I don't think <laughs> of age story. <laughs> we we like I said I've said this previously we did watch a lot of horror movies right, together that was, your thing. that was kind of a thing and honestly I don't remember being terrified by this like you've it's it's more like the tension I remember feeling the tension but I don't remember being like scared, scared. you know like I remember seeing seven and I was older at that point I was probably in my yeah. teens and I remember coming home as a teenager being like scared shitless after watching seven yeah you know, well like, seven is fucking dark man yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. a that's as a, like a 16 year old or whatever I was I mean I came home like like not yeah. wanting to go to sleep you know I mean like, that's that it's it, heavy I mean I, I don't remember having the theaters that. to see seven in theaters yeah, I mean misery is a is a horror movie and it's it, it's, it's a, a tension scare, builder it's a though. tension builder and it's a scary movie particularly for like a 10 year old but as far as but like there's not Tons of scary. Right. As horror movies go, I think an 11 year old can navigate themselves through this without, you know, losing weeks of sleep. No, because you could miss a lot of the tension building and like a lot of the little things that you're just not going to get. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of scarier for adults yeah i think you i know, think kids are like absolutely yeah, I agree. two old, I agree. old idiots it doing doesn't doing? it's not to say that i shouldn't have been taken away from my parents because i definitely should have <laughs> but not for <laughs> misery <laughs> for other choices <laughs> oh man so we we just we mentioned before that we we recorded our, our our it mega episode which has not aired yet as of this air date here will you're going to be getting that next week and boy, that's a, a, a wacky episode, Joe. Me and oh, Oz man. Had some uh, what fun a with blast. That. Plenty talk of, of inappropriate viewings at young ages. Seriously. For that, yeah, for that yeah. one. I, I think that's pretty common. Uh, yeah. It, it was like the thing that I remember as a kid, like we all were secretly trying to see somehow. I think it being on TV yeah. probably yeah. led into that too because yeah. it's a little easier to access. It's right. You could just, you know, sneak to the back room and pop yeah, it on exactly. on, a, on Wednesday yeah. night. But yeah, so that that episode's gonna air next week. And I'm so excited for that. Yeah, we, absurdity, it, boy. We, me, think me and you know, 
we 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 recorded a three plus hour episode after recording a two plus hour episode on Greatest Show on Earth, so it was a little ambitious. And there's probably a reason you didn't invite me to this. Uh, oh no, you well, you also had to read a twelve hundred page book and watch uh, the mini series and both oh, sequels. I so. definitely would have hobbled you if I had to do any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew my audience a little bit with that one. We'll see if there's an actual audience for the episode, though. Yeah, me and me and Oz basically crushed a bottle of a bourbon while we're recording. It gets it gets pretty wacky. So, <laughs> I mean, the last time we did that, me and Greg screamed at each other for a while. So at least it didn't involve devolve yeah. into that. Joey stayed away from the bourbon this time. Right? Well, last time, smart, smart last time when we crushed the bottle together, I got a cut on my head and woke up bleeding. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh boy! Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, <laughs> We're here to talk misery. Uh, Joe, up next for you, what, what is your earliest memories of misery? College is the first time I saw it. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's way more appropriate. Yeah. it was, And I've seen, you know, it's, it's I, as I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, I guess I kind of watched it kind of late because that's so much of, I watched so many horror movies early. And I was like, no, I actually watched that one at an appropriate time. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah, I watched it in college. I worked at Best Buy, so I was just buying every DVD I could find because they were really cheap. And Misery was one I bought, and I watched it, and I watched it many times. Yeah. yeah, so this one was a first watch for me in in kind of that 2020 lockdown period there. Um, <laughs> Perfect time yeah, where, every, where everybody's let's, uh, let's... Be, being held captive. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lovely. That's right. So it was, it, it was topical there. So I watched it there with that with Steve B., uh, to, he had who had never seen it before either, oh, so wow, perfect. We, we pulled we both dug it quite a bit. Yeah, uh, it, you know it was one I kind of avoided. In addition to having not read it, is I just the whole like fan kidnapping the the celebrity that that's never interested me. Now I, I this one's a bit different because there's an accident involved and it's a little bit of right. circumstance. It, it's not like Celtic Pride, right? Or the <laughs> fan, you know, with De Niro and Wesley Snipes. You're not a, you're not a right. fan guy. Uh, I mean, I, I don't. I don't, you don't dislike, dislike it, but you're not going to Yeah, I enjoy the thrilling. It. it kind of makes me feel gross, though. See, like I saw I, that in theaters. Yeah. I, is that one you've seen, Chris? Oh, yeah. I've seen fan. Fan. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, well, that's uh, Tony Scott. Yeah. Celtic Pride. I'm, I'm, that was exactly what I was thinking of, too. But, yeah. So, you know, that's just kind of one of those one of those themes that it just wasn't really one that I was always going for. But, I, you know, I, I enjoyed it very much uh, the first time through. Second time through, you know, we kind of putting it on a more analytical lens, you know, we'll have yep. a lot to talk about here. Oh, yeah. with and that I, for even, sure. even for me, I haven't seen it in quite some time, rewatched it. I have some takes. I, I have yeah, a few takes. Cool. I do yeah. too. So this it didn't hit me the same as it has in the past. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So this may not be the general uh, Thanksgiving love fest, maybe that maybe not. Maybe not but um, I think there'll I, be a lot of love, but I think there's a lot of honesty as well. Yeah, yeah. I do have a cool I do have a quick question. I think I'm just gonna come out there and say it. Do you guys think this is the first torture porn horror movie like this is the first one you can think of i mean as far I as like if, if you if you ask me that question boom what is it i mean texas chainsaw massacre would okay. be the first place i'd go but i, but I don't think that's yeah. the same yeah, because that's... i'm talking about like showing long shot of like something horrific happening in somebody's body i don't know many movies i can't think of any because even texas chainsaw there's there's gore but it's not like, uh, that's, that's like this is more like hot. This is like akin to like hostile. True, that's a good point. Now I'm not. I'm Joe. You might be more familiar with some of those like eighties, eighties slashers. Oh, two thousand. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's later. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Can you think of anything earlier that was there's, like that? There's a movie. I'm drawing a blank on the name. It's from 
the late seventies. Okay, is it is um, is it a mainstream movie though? Um, I mean, it's an eighties late seventies like, horror movie, so it's right. not like, but it, it's kind of lost. What's that cannibal uh, movie? Cannibal Holocaust. Cannibal Holocaust. Okay. We say Cannibal Corpse. That's a metal band. So I guess what I'm asking but is, like, Holocaust- is this the first mainstream? torture porn because that became a genre for like in the, in the early 2000s that became like a it was like the post 9-11 horror genre yeah so i mean even so the kieran the, the saw movies you love i mean this is kind of like well the auditions the, the, the godfather of, yeah. of that kind of scare but this, this operates in a different realm because there's subtlety in it where i think like the hostels have zero subtlety i agree when you take a blowtorch to someone's eye yeah yeah they're you know, I see what you're saying. It's kind of the I, I can see the beginnings of it in this movie. Like, yeah, that's a, it's I'm, a, I'm, I'm sure, sure like there's the, someone listening at home that that has like an example that they're ready to fire off. But this, we have to emphasize it, mainstream. Yeah. We're saying like like a movie that is that is that a lot of people a have big seen. box office premiere, right? right. Not and just like, like a cult VHS type of movie. Usually, and, and they they do an interesting thing. Uh, you know, we're gonna get into that the scene. I'm I'm talking about the hobbling scene. They they show it like they show it. Yeah. And they, they linger on it, and you're like, oh my god, like. I don't remember another movie before that that really did that. I, I think if we were like to look, Saw would kind of be the first of them. But I think it, this is like a grandparent to it. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Audition is before Saw? Uh, what year's the first Saw? I think it's 2000, 2001. It's they're probably right around right the same time. Right, I think 99 is Audition? Maybe. Audition's just not as wasn't as accessible at the time. True. It's true, become big. Now it later, has been, yeah, I mean yeah. that has one of the most disturbing things. There's a lot of horror movies but if we're talking mainstream, no. Well, but, I'll I'll say this, you know, it being a Rob Reiner movie and the script being passed around to the names of the A-list celebrities that it was being passed around to yeah. and people they were courting for us, the majority of them turned it down because, because of, that of the violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just not something that a it, lot of these guys at that time were, you know, now they all want to be on like an HBO TV show that's like, that's edgy yeah, and violent. Yeah. But I'm also want to be clear too, I'm not talking about like gore because yeah, there's plenty of gore in the 70s, 80s. Well, no, we and, can, but we can like, bring up a hundred examples like of phone, that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like realistic, we're going to, we're going to linger on this horrific thing that's happening to somebody's body yeah. and you, you're going to have to look at it. Like the, the only thing I'm thinking of that predates this that's more exploitation, but I guess in the same realm as the last house on the left. Okay, but like again, but that's one. I mean, it's probably more slashery than like. Well, it's that's exploitation with the rape and the right, chasing. Yeah, but yeah. there is a. I mean, she's tortured, so there's probably an element of it to it that I think yeah. there's probably a line that runs through them. I I think what the, the difference is between like with that and like or I, I I'm not familiar with that, so I'm not. There's no speak slasher in it, but yeah. like the realism. With misery, and then the real like the thing with that hit with Saw and Hostel and all those movies is like that it, that violence looked real. Like you're right, like looked right. like you were watching somebody be disfigured or tortured or whatever. Yeah, and this felt like that to me. Like it was like it looked very real and shocking, and they made you look at it. You know. Like, yeah, it's funny though. Even in the original Saw, they don't really show right. the Saw. Going into the leg, like Until, they. Stri- I think the end. Though, they do. Well, do right? Nah, they really. It, it's oh, one of yeah, those they things. They show you the foot, at, like the touch but they don't yeah. show. It's kind of one of those mind confusion games right. 
They where, let you because you see him gritting his teeth and pulling on the belt and the you know right right. Uh, if you go back, I mean, they do show it. I think they initially show, but they it, show the they show the first cut. They, they don't show as much as you think they do. No, I was yeah. actually surprised. I rewatched the, when I rewatched that. I was like, I thought I was still got like an edited version because I remember it being cut through. Yeah. Um, the movie right. I was cutting th- talking about was Basket Case, which is about ten years, but that's not mainstream enough. I right. just looked it yeah. up. Okay. All right, well, you know, listen, on a day you're all getting ready to carve your turkeys. Um, <laughs> we're, here, we're here breaking down Saw, which you did not sign up for. Uh, <laughs> but you never but know where we're going to go. We, we ask the know. right questions, guys. That's Well, right. we try to at least. We, we, we at least ask the right questions for each other. For the listener, who who, who the hell knows? <laughs> I'm, I'm just worried about the two gentlemen in the room with me. If you're listening, Perfect. I hope that that works. That's okay. right. You, you know what you signed up for, hopefully. Okay, so any other thoughts we have to get out there? I do think maybe before we even get into anything we do have to recognize the fact that kathy bates won the oscar for best actress for this it's the only stephen king adaptation to earn an oscar win this is the only one so there's been a bunch of nominated and, right. and such but this is the only one and Can't it's say it's hard it's hard to argue with and I mean, you know if you want to talk about pioneers i mean for the genre that's a huge, big win huge. Yeah, a big, and it gave big us win. kathy bates for the next 30 years you and know, you know like, in, yeah. a, in a genre that hasn't won much since and <laughs> Well, yeah, the following year, it would yeah. score big, of course, with, right. with Silence really of the it. Lambs. Another episode on Best Picture, guys, you can go back and, and check I mean, out with the three of us. But and this uh, is a... This, two, this is just a, you and I, Karen. No, no like, Joey. Come on, man. Uh, sorry, I forget about you sometimes. I'm sorry. fucked <laughs> <laughs> up, dude. Sorry, you know, man. And this is All right, because it's two of our favorites. Yeah, right. I remember that. And, you know, this is a year where there is a lot of talk about, uh, you know, an actress in a horror movie, should she get a nomination? So it's, it's very relevant to current Oscars. Yeah, and and you know another thing too is so many people associate the supporting Oscar, particularly the male supporting Oscar win, with the villain. It's, it's a little bit of like, all right, well the villain is the supporting guy and the lead right. guy's a hero, and it's like that's always been the. Really, this was the first year where that happened with Gene Hackman getting the the win for Unforgiven, uh, and that's a movie we'll obviously talk about a little more later on in the season. But this is the launching off point of a lot of things because you do have the horror win. In with Kathy Bates, you have the you have the um, the supporting actor villain win there with Gene Hackman, and then we're going to lean into the next year right with with Silence of the Lambs. So this is kind of the beginning of a of them shift. doing some things a, l- a little differently. You know, it's, cool. and, it's, and if it is the start of the torture porn or even like that, you know, those guys who are watching it, like bringing credence to horror movies and not just like a sideshow yeah. that they were so much of the 80s. Right, yeah, like, and I not don't like think... a jo- it didn't make it into a joke. It made it into like a serious, it made it, oh it, shit, this right. person's actually being... It gave it know. a lot of like gravitas. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to get into a whole lot more about Kathy Bates' performance, about the movie itself, about Stephen King, about Rob Reiner, about all that stuff and, and the coming to be of misery here. But do we have any other thoughts we have to do before we do the deep dive? Maybe we'll just talk about what we're drinking first, Joe. What do you have over there? So today, old favorite Founders All Day IPA. There you go. Just this. This is something that I will drink a lot of on Thanksgiving since I can keep drinking them. And I'll, I will shout out too that they have a new one called the uh, the All Day Cold Day IPA. Ooh, I haven't yeah, seen that yet. And it's got like kind of like a light haze to it. It's brand new and it's really really good tasting. So check that one out. I'll um, check that out. I know they have it on tap. I'm not sure if it's canned. I'm sure it is, but definitely the All Day Cold Day. IPA. It's a, a session also. So, Chris, what do you have over there? Well, right now I'm finishing up my uh, my little my little glass of brandy. You know, it's it's there's a blizzard outside, and he's got me in the uh, in the bed, <laughs> and I need to warm my warm my body a little bit. So I got some brandy, but I will be switching to uh, a six point beer, which is called Screamsicle. Ooh. It is a hazy double IPA with orange and vanilla. 
Lars wow. had that on our Scream episode. It's wow. it's awesome, and uh, it's a great can as well. Great so. can, and that's Six Point Brewing Company, Chris. I know, not uh, one of my favorites generally. Uh, more, not one of your favorites. More about one of your noted least favorites. I took a chance and and I it paid off. It, this okay. one's actually you're, you're good. giving them a little shout out to to maybe make yep. up for some of the. Yep. You know. Just don't name your beer resin. That's the worst <laughs> name for a beer I've ever heard. So please change that name if you okay. can. Okay, I brought a uh, bottle of Dom Perignon over here to. Uh, no, I can't afford that. You know what? I, um, and a I cigarette. Swear, one cigarette. I swear to you guys, I almost. You're lucky I'm lazy because I almost had on each of your little areas there a little a, champagne a cigarette up match and a little champagne that's incredible that would have been awesome that i would have been, been but i i got lazy and i decided sometimes it's easier to just say that you would have gonna do exactly. it and then just move on <laughs> as uh you know it is thanksgiving and there's a lot of things i'm thankful for and one of them is is that i have a fridge cooler what do you call those the um the drawer filled with beer lots and lots of beer too much yeah almost. so that's something oh. to certainly be thankful for so it's free, free samples yeah today was yes today was a Beautiful. little more of a uh emptying out of the Fair. of the beer cooler heading toward thanksgiving we all know we need that that cooler space that refrigerator space Absolutely. heading into thanksgiving so this is one of the ones that was uh taking up some room in there and it, it's from the uh the sand city brewing company and it is uh an anniversary beer for them celebrating their seventh anniversary and it had it shares the title with a movie that we just mentioned here before it is called seven this is their beer entitled nice. seven cool to celebrate their seventh anniversary is a delicious hazy ipa with a seven percent abv as you'd expect and just a real a real nice one here so i got a couple of those big fan of uh sand city i've actually done some work in that brewery and it's it's really cool yeah if you're out on long island please check them out they have uh two locations one on the north shore and one on the south shore so they're you know wherever you're at you should be able to get to one of them and they do a great job oh they're great guys south shore uh location is phenomenal yeah really, down at really Lindenhurst. Lindenhurst. i haven't been there yet oh, I heard it's, dude, awesome. it's awesome yeah it's awesome so that is what we are drinking are we ready now to uh to take what we've uh, brought with us and do the old deep dive back to a town we were recently sidewinder so we're not climbing up the uh the mountain anymore we're just going to head straight to straight to straight to sidewinder and maybe just go right off the ledge into uh into right s- into the bank into a random farm cabin yep. driving yes. the nascar yep smart move in the stuff. <laughs> All right. So we are going to 1990. And this is a year that we visited before with one of our honorary episodes on another snowy seasonal episode. That was Home Alone. Joe, you were there for that. Chris, yeah, you are not Christmas. the biggest Home Alone fan in the world. I think you It's just uh, not. I missed it. That, that's, yeah. It's for you guys. Yeah. 1990. You know, I love doing these honorary episode write ups because we're doing some different things usually. So it's a nice little break. But just these movies that we pick and the movies that win are always the same years. Like everything is from 1979 <laughs> to 1992 or 94. Yeah, we keep it tight. Yeah, it's just, I mean, can we get like an early 70s movies or like a 20s, 10s movies or something? I, I don't know. But 1990, here it is. And in 1990, we discussed in our Home Alone episode that it was the Ultimate Warrior who captured the WWF Heavyweight Championship from Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 6 in Toronto. Pretty famous match in the archives of, of the WWF, WWE. So uh, that, of course, means that for the first few months of 1990, the immortal Hulk Hogan did hold the title. On January 21st, 1990, Hogan won the 30-man Battle Royal match, known as the Royal Rumble match, which is uh, one of the most popular yearly events in the history of the company. 
This was a notably historic win because to this date, he is the only reigning WWF or WWE champion to compete in the Rumble and win it. So he'd win the next year too. And then after that, they stopped doing the champion. Just well, they stopped having it have no stakes. Right. So they so basically, if you won the match, you got to face the champ at WrestleMania. At this time, there was no stipulation. It was just this big match. Right, whoever won, right. won. Usually, the champion doesn't compete in the match, but this is the only time that the champion was in the match and won it. We're not going to talk baseball here because this is an honorary episode. And Chris, unfortunately, we're not going to talk hockey either because we already talked about this year's Stanley Cup in that Home Alone episode. Was that, that Pittsburgh? Uh, that one was Edmonton. Edmonton oh, yeah, one, yeah. One, yes. So Stanley Cup is not what we're going to discuss. We are going to talk about a different cup that was held this year. And that, of course, was the 14th FIFA World Cup, which was hosted <laughs> in... Oh, 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 oh boy. Oh, sorry, I passed out for a second. Not excited <laughs> for the World me. Cup this year? <laughs> so sorry. We we started him getting snoozy with the uh, with the wrestling talk, and now we go into soccer, we and we've lost him. About. <laughs> yeah, the 14th FIFA World Cup was hosted in Italy throughout 12 different cities from June 8th, 1990 to July 8th, 1990. The World Cup final saw West Germany defeat Argentina by a score of 1-0 to nil to win the nation's third World Cup championship. Yes, there used to be a West and East Germany at this point, yep. believe it or not. Before the, uh, the wall came down. Yeah. Yes. Before Hasselhoff saved the world. <laughs> and of course, in the ever exciting third place match, oh, we Jesus saw <laughs> Italy defeat England. Chris, are you saying that you wouldn't invest in the third place match of the World Cup? I mean, finals? Jesus Christmas. No, <laughs> not at all. We'll see if I can change your mind in a couple months when we have it uh, in Qatar. Me and you will just go out and watch the third place match. <laughs> Starts next week. <laughs> next week, is that right? Yeah. yeah. So the week you're hearing this, basically. Yeah. Yeah, the, the America-Wales game will already be done by the time you guys are hearing this. Oh, boy. 1990 World Cup is notorious for being considered one of the least entertaining World Cups of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled that right from my research. That is not editorialism there, I promise. It's amazing. In a sport that is known for its low scoring, the 1990 World Cup had a record low 2.2 goals scored a game. That's not for each team. That's all together in the game. 2.2 goals scored a game, a record that still stands today. Good God. I would rather crash my Mustang into the snow than fucking watch that shit. Holy shit. Oh, man. Maybe get kidnapped by Hope Solo or Mia Hamm. And- <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is just this is just right up your alley here, Chris. Oh my god. Oh my. Oh my god. Indeed. Uh, we'll see if that record gets broken this upcoming month in Qatar. Let's hope not. Please. <laughs> <laughs> also set a record for red cards in a tournament with sixteen, and the first uh, first uh, finals to ever have someone ejected in the. That's when you card. breathe on somebody, right? Like <laughs> in soccer, you breathe on somebody, and then you get a red card. Like I think that. it's when you knock someone over. Or you pretend to knock over. Oh. Those are the you or can't, they you can't to, do. They pre- pretend to fall over. Or something right. Like that, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Something along those lines. West Germany would reunify with East Germany just a few months later in October of that year. Okay. World leaders. Here we go. Ah, yes. Oh, yes, indeed. You guys love this. You love this. I have gotten a little better over the years. So and we'll see. and I have to say, you got you got some positive feedback from my wife who says that you got the Indian leader of one of the episodes. Yes, it's probably correct. our Shining episode, right? Yeah, it was the yes. Shining episode. We did say we'd ask her, and so a little she update. She said it was pretty good. That's yeah, pretty close. That's, I'm very honored there. Yeah, that was good. I'm not as confident about this year's Indian, Indian <laughs> president, because it's just, there's about 15 consonants in the first name alone. But, uh, okay, here we go. So we'll talk about some of the countries that were played in that World Cup semifinal there. We will 
start with East Germany. And East Germany uh, had three people in charge. None of them would be in charge come October. Uh, the last, um, <clears throat> the last general secretary of East Germany was Egon Krez. The last head of state was Sabine Bergman Pohl, and the last head of government was Luthar de Mezieri. It doesn't sound very German, so I'm sure Not I pronounced that wrong. A lot Sounds of hours, more Italian. Of, you, you do Italian well, I feel. I know. I should just stick to that, I think. Uh, but in West Germany, the chancellor was Helmut Joseph Michael Kohl. Helmut. That's you got to bring that name back, Helmut. You got to give it a little more oomph. Helmut. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody. Yeah, so. oh, I just did. So. I think bringing up East Germany alone offends people. <laughs> the president of Argentina was Carlos Menem. And here we go. India. The president was. I don't. I, don't, I think I'm going to lose Jasmine on this one here. Yeah, probably. Ramaswamy Venkataraman. Ramaswamy Venkataraman. Raman. Venkataraman. There you go. That's not bad. Okay. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm white, uh, yep. but she, she, she'll. Yeah. Sounds we'll see. We'll have to run up by her again and, yes. and get to see if I got that. Yeah. The ramen and the ramans have always yeah, kind of been an the, issue. It's not ramen. <laughs> it's not ramen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. It is country time. Here we go. Now, this is one. Uh, this Ooh, is where the pressure goes back. Yeah, to good. You. Yeah, I like to this you. game. Okay. All right, cool. One day we're gonna get it. Yeah, I think I feel like there's still a lot of room for improvement here. Oh, with, yeah. with some of these. Because now we're understanding we got to think outside the box sometimes. You know, yeah, or exactly as... what it is. Yeah, like we're all... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's either so obvious or so outside the box that we all go the wrong way each time. Right, you have to figure out when you need to go down the line and when you need to stray a bit here. Okay, last time we talked 1990, the CMA song of the year was Where've You Been by Kathy Martia. The CMAs, which actually were just hosted last week in Nashville, Tennessee, they uh, awarded the great Alan Jackson. He was honored with the Lifetime Achievement Award. See that he's Chattahoochee? That's right. We covered Alan Jackson in our first ever Thanksgiving episode, Chattahoochee. I love Chattahoochee. Yes, it's a great, it's a great song. Favorite country song. It's like yes. the only country song I know. We're going to talk a little more Alan Jackson here today. All right. We're going to kind of keep that, that trend going because it's it's oh, we love BPC symmetry here. So it was just honored at the CMAs. It was our first ever Thanksgiving episode country song. So here we go. This year, 1990, he was nominated for both Song of the Year and Record of the Year with his song. And here's the title. I'm going to give you the title. You tell me what you think the song is about. The title of the song is Here in the Real World. Here in the Real World by Alan Jackson, written by Alan Jackson and Mark Irwin. It was up for Song of the Year and Record of the Year. Take a few seconds, kind of mull your thoughts a little bit. Here in the real world. Joey, I'm going to go with you first. What do you think it is about? I think it's going to be about a guy who, big dreamer, but his folk, but he has a family or pending family, so he has to stay in the real world and get a job and kind of push his dreams to the side a little bit for, his, for what's going on day to day. Like, wow, okay. like a dream doesn't pay the bills type song. Ooh, okay. All right. Yeah, Definitely a, good, a country a good, theme. That's a good and, yes. and Alan Jackson, yes. like, you know, all my knowledge of him with Chattahoochee. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You're starting to you're starting to really get inside the head of Alan Jackson. Yeah, but with right, one right. and a half songs. Right. Okay, Chris. All right. I I'm gonna go it's a little more political. It's gonna be about country boy telling the elite, you know, the uh you know, the entitled elite. You know, here in the real world, this is how we live. You know, a little simpler, a little yeah, simple life. We don't live like fancy. You know, it's kind of like that's what I'm thinking. Wow. Like okay. That. Both 
phenomenal guesses, really. Both different and very well in in themes with with the country world here. Both wrong. But they are both wrong. <laughs> yes. God yes. damn it. Yeah. I'm Joey. Yours was real good. Like that was like oh. a really good guess. You know that, that I want to write that song. <laughs> okay, so this one is more of uh is coming from the voice of probably someone that Joey wouldn't really love. But this is uh basically this is uh it's like a breakup song. This guy got this guy got broken up with, it seems like. And Did he uh, stalk her for well, 27 years. Is that years? the second time in a row yeah, that's been that's, the same kind of well, thing? Well, during the shining, right? the guy was a stalker. Well, yeah, was, that was a little well, weirder. He was dead. Yeah, well, yeah, he did. He never gave up on the uh, the breakup for all those right. years. All right, this is a little more. It seems a little recent here, but here's the, here's the here are the lyrics. Here <laughs> Cowboys don't cry, and heroes don't die. Good always wins again and again, and love is a sweet dream that always comes true. Oh, if life were like the movies, I'd never be blue. But here in the real world, it's not that easy at all. Because when hearts get broken, it's real tears that fall. And darling, it's sad but true. But the one thing I've learned from you is how the boy don't always get the girl here in the real world. So, uh, there you damn. go. All right. Yeah, she broke we, his heart. We took a, he, he took a nice swing, both Yeah, of Chris, us, I but, think uh, we did much more interesting songs. Yeah, yeah. He's a little more poetic than our last year, week's yes, guy no. was. That guy was a bit I like what he said, Alan Jackson. Yeah. Good job. He at least he seems like he, 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 he took it like a cowboy. Yeah, he took it like an adult. Yeah. But, you know, I don't mind the cowboys. Uh, you know, I know uh, cowboys don't cry, but here in the real world, the cowboys cry. You know, I like, I like it. It's kind yeah, of a, yeah. he's like showing that. a softer side a little yeah, bit. Not, not. Again, not in the stalker creepy. Right, not in an appropriate way. Yeah. way. Right, yes. Okay, well that's Alan Jackson. There we go. Again, two great guesses there. We're getting now we're getting we're getting good at this. There's genuine thought put in. One day. One day we're gonna nail it. And you guys are on the spot with that too. You have no idea what it's gonna be. Yeah, we so had no clue. We didn't prepped. have any time to prepare yeah. that answer. Nope. Yes. Okay. Well, Misery. This is the movie we're talking about today. And the director is Rob Reiner. The screenplay was written by the legendary William Goldman. We talked about both those gentlemen on our Princess Bride episode, as it was directed by Reiner and written by Goldman. Our third Rob Reiner movie. Third. Joey, have we covered another director three times? No. I don't know that there's another... I don't think that there's a... That there's, there are Best Picture winners directed by three guys, right? No, the only way we could do this is with bonus episodes. Yeah. yeah. Wow, okay, cool. Yeah, and we have not done three for anybody yet. It's based on a novel of the same name by Stephen King. Music was by Mark Shaman. And uh, mis- mispronounced that name too. Mark Shaman, Mark Shaman, but some of the most. Mark Shaman nominated for seven Oscars without a win, and he's nominated for a really fun one, by the way, which has uh, been brought up on this uh, episode four. So the scores he's been nominated for were Patch Adams, American President, also Rob Reiner movie, and The First Wives Club. Uh, no, I don't know that those movies are that good, but he was also up for original song for the new Mary Poppins movie. We talk about Mary Poppins quite a quite a bit length in our Sound of Music episode. Yeah. And for Blame Canada, really? Oh, yes, he did Blame oh, Canada for the uh, the South Park movie. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, so that was in my my top ten. Yes, so that's uh, Mark Shaman. Cinematography by Barry Sonnenfeld, who's probably a little better known for his directorial work. He did Get Shorty. He did the '90s Adams Family movies, and most notably, he did the Men in Black movies. The director yeah. of the Men in Black movies. So. He also was the DP for uh, the Coen Brothers on Blood Simple and Raising Arizona. Film editing by Robert Layton, who we talked about twice before for The Princess Bride, and Stand By Me last Thanksgiving. So if you saw that name come up on the screen, that's why it may have looked familiar. Also was nominated 
for film editing for A Few Good Men. Misery is starring Kathy Bates, James Kahn, Richard Farnsworth, Francis Sternhagen, J.T. Walsh, Lauren Bacall, and, of course, Misery the Pig playing herself. That's right. Yes. Clearly. Nominator for one Oscar and winner of one Oscar, an old one-for-oneer, a rare one-for-oneer. And it is, of course, for the best lead actress, Kathy Bates. It's a lead actress winner. Also was up for one at the Globes and took home the one it was up for at the Globes. Best actress in a drama. I do have to emphasize drama because you never You're know. Like best comedy. Good randomly. Best be, comedy or be musical. A musical. <laughs> yeah, you know, she sang a song at one point. So. <laughs> Singing Liberace in the background. So none of those are all that interesting, but I do have an interesting award to talk about here. The Academy of Science Fiction and Horror, mm-hmm. which is always kind of an interesting, weird award show, mm-hmm. was nominated for five awards, one zero. Really? This award show is obviously going to take in at a weird sort of time because one of the movies that is up for this, when I saw what it lost to, it goes, oh, okay, there must have, this just, this award it's show like- might have started at a certain time where both of these were eligible. So it lost, so it was up for a horror film. It was up for actor James Caan. It was up for actress Kathy Bates. It was up for supporting actress Frances Sternhagen. And it was up for writing. Okay, it loses film, actor, and writing all to Silence of the Lambs. Yes, so Anthony Hopkins, of course. Well, yes, I go, oh, Silence of the Lambs. That's how Kathy Bates didn't win. Jodie Foster doesn't win either. So Kathy Bates and Jodie Foster, two winners of Best Lead Actress, (laughs) don't win the Academy of Sci-Fi and Horror for Best Lead Actress. It goes to instead, and Artie's going to love this one, Linda Hamilton for Terminator, Terminator 2. 2. It, oh, oh, sci-fi, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Not I guess the right they award one. the yeah. horror ones, and then they award the the as, sci-fi ones. So movies. T2 swept, right. T2 swept all okay. the sci-fi, Lamb swept all the horror, and, and then the supporting actress went to uh, Mercedes Rule in Fisher King. Court Fisher King's one you've seen? Uh, I have. Yeah. Is that a s- sci-fi? I is like it? Yeah. Is it? I've never seen it. I don't know much about it. It's you no know, Robin Williams in it. Yeah. Yeah. He's like the home. Is he? He's the homeless. The homeless guy. guy, right? Yeah. 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 Um, Schizophrenic homeless guy. Yeah. I don't know that I would have thrown that in as sci-fi. I don't think that's a but... sci-fi movie. No. Is it horror? Huh? Is it no, horror? No, definitely not. No. 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 no, no. It's like a drama, right? Yeah, but yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it was tense enough that they were able to make it hard. It loose horror. I guess. I don't know. One more That's note weird. on the Academy of Science Fiction and Horror Awards, because this is a fun one. The winner of Supporting Actor is an old friend from our first Thanksgiving episode, William Sadler. Do you know who William Sadler is, and you know what he might have won for? Joe, yep. you're going to love this. I know who William Sadler is. He's one of the one of the crew. What do you think he might have won for as a Supporting Actor in this category in 1990? What? William Sadler is, uh, is Haywood yeah. in... Haywood and Shawshank the Redemption. stutterer. Yeah. Right. I don't know. He won for Bill and Ted's Bogus Just Journey, where oh, he plays shit. death, He's right? Death. Yeah, yeah, he plays death. Right. So he wins yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Wow, what the is... hell used to this cover? This is amazing. <laughs> I love him as death. I knew you'd love that one, Joe. That's right up your alley. Oh, my God. I love those fucking movies. Yeah, they're awesome. Miss... So Fisher King is drama fantasy, so they yeah. must have snuck fantasy and sci-fi. Yeah, I guess so. Misery is uh, 7.8 on IMDb, which is not good enough for the 250 at any point there, was uh, released in the U.S. on November 29th, 1990, the Thursday after Thanksgiving was it was released. Very fitting. Oh, yeah, there very you go. fitting there. $20 million budget, grossed 61.3, domestic and worldwide. It's one of those weird ones where domestic and worldwide was the same number. Like a lot of the Clint Eastwood movies are that way too for some reason. And uh, yeah, so that's that's it. It made, made three times its budget. 
Uh, it did have a Broadway adaptation too with yeah, Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis. Yeah. and uh, a woman you talked about on your screen rankings, Laurie Metcalf. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so. I love her. Oh, that's a, that's actually a really great uh, pick to yeah. do uh, Annie Wilkes. Yeah, and oh, I yeah. think Bruce Willis is a good one. He's a good one too. For yeah, it's interesting. Like Laurie real- Metcalf must have played deranged in that so well. Yeah. yeah, but maybe not the subtlety of Kathy Bates. Well, no, I mean, you know, we'll talk about it, but it's gonna it's gonna be pretty hard to match what Kathy Bates yeah, does in this no, movie. She's yeah. really coming at it from all sections. I can't wait to talk to you about it, Joe, because yeah. I know you're uh, you're adept at this too, and I'm sure Chris. Oh, you, you have takes on that oh, yeah. and that stuff too. So I'm excited to talk about um, it. Yeah, so let's let's start the conversation off, Chris. Um, maybe we'll we'll start with you here first. Um, I don't know if you want to start with your hot takes or or how you want to get things going, but I'll let you kind of get <sighs> paved the way a bit here. Hmm. I do have one a hot take. It, listen, it was it's fun to revisit this. It, it Kathy Bates is a juggernaut in this movie. I mean, it, it literally cemented her in our in all of our lives for the, again for the next like thirty years. Yeah, she's an unknown actress coming into this. Yeah, she's theater. Yeah, um, an actual theater so, actor. Not so, just for me, this this movie absolutely catapults her into everybody's consciousness. Uh, it's a it's the role that she's going to be remembered for. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, James Caan, not so much for me. Ooh, um, he missed a little bit much. for you, huh? I think he was the wrong choice for How this come? <sighs> he has a lot of tough guy baggage that he brings to the role. And in this particular situation, this person has to be, at times, terrified. James Caan plays it more like I'm annoyed with this person. And yeah, I, it, there's there's never a time where I think he's he's really afraid for his life. I feel like he's waiting. He's biding his time until he can beat the shit out of her with a typewriter. You know, yeah. In the entire time, even the scene where the uh, uh, the sheriff gets literally his chest blown out right in front of <laughs> him. Death becomes her. his face. <laughs> James Con's face doesn't move. Okay. It doesn't change. So, like if so that happens to you, and I don't care who you are, you're gonna like react with like a shock. Like, oh my god! You know, you're gonna jump back and be like. He doesn't budge. He doesn't move. Hmm. Let, let, let me ask you a question. One then. tone throughout this movie. Let me ask you a question. If he was groveling and snotting the entire time, nope. is that what you want to nope. see? That's not from not. him. An actor who then they pull in an actor with no tough guy baggage. Yeah. Just you know, whoever actor. He's sitting there crying, snot the whole time, yeah. like oh, mommy. Like, is that what you nope. want? That's not what I want at all. I want somebody that's a little. A little bit more vulnerable, though. Somebody who can show See, at hmm. times that they are actually afraid. And he doesn't show that in this movie at all. See, I, I think one of the things that he does is it's almost like someone confronting a bear in the woods, not reacting to try to maintain some control to get themselves that. out. Yeah. And that's why I appreciate what he does so much, that he's not exploding or reacting. Because... because I. And I remember the first time I saw it thinking like, oh, he's just going to be like yelling at her the whole time. Like instead he kind of plays it cooler to try and try and manage a situation where he's fucked. I get that. But I think there are moments in it where a natural, somebody's natural reaction, I don't care how tough they are, is going to be like when she first explodes Mr. the first Man. couple of times, she, he, you're going to be taken aback and be like, what? holy shit, what is happening here? Yeah. It, and he doesn't do that. He's definitely making a choice in this. And, and you know, they're making a choice by portraying him the way the way they do, too, because there's, a, there's an element of direction to that also. I think he has to be a survivor. Yeah. And, and in order for this character to make it through what he's going through the way that they want him to is there has to be that game of chess going on. Exactly. But I would agree, Chris, that they're... they're 
You can. They do should both. have taken advantage of a moment of him of despair. With that him, would have where he's a moment somewhere. I agree. Something where he's like, but overall, you know, I, I, I really got to do something here because this is, I'm going to die here. Yeah. We don't have that I'm going to die here moment. No. And, no. And, right. And it's interesting, if you're portraying a survivor like that, how, do you want it to be like, I'm never looking at anything but the goal at the end, just that, you know, we're, we're, I'm getting through this regardless situation. I'm, you know, this, this woman is just a crazy person and I'm just going to, you know, mow right through her because you because we do have that celebrity versus fan thing too, and there is they're playing off a little bit of that. The you know, power dynamics. Um, yeah, I'm of a I'm of a higher being here. This is just a crazy fan, yeah. and I talk to these people all the time, and I'm not going to let one of them get the best of me. I I do get that arrogance out of yeah, he is, the character. He definitely plays that arrogance thing up, which is good because that makes sense, right? Yeah, she's a kind of a. a small town hick and he's like yeah. this famous guy yeah so this that, is that this is preventing sense. me from getting back to the city what's going but, on here yeah. but there's no there's nobody on earth that would be put in that position and wouldn't at moments at least be like actually terrified like oh my like you said like i'm gonna die here like yeah, how am i gonna I, get I think out of even this? if it's just a scene when like she locks the door and he like starts like <gasps> breathing heavily like showing like okay he was controlling himself and yeah. like his reactions during it would have helped like a two second scene you know what else stuck out to me that like in doing the research, he, uh, uh, James Conn was like kind of annoyed that he has to sit in a bed for the entire well, time during the filming, and it it reads on screen like you can yeah. tell he's like he's well, got that he's fucking that annoyed element like, of sarcasm to it. Yeah, and he's just yeah. smiling, giving the thumbs up, doing that kind and of right. like Rob it, Reiner talks about how he's all like kinetic energy, so like trapping him for a bed for fifteen yeah. weeks like fucked with him a lot. Right, which which I I think. Rob Reiner's idea was like that's going to be good for his performance, but it honestly it reads as like this actor is like annoyed to be in this situation. Yeah. And you know, and I'm sure you guys read too is you know I think a little bit of that Godfather Brando rubbed off on him where he doesn't want to repair scenes. He yeah. wants to he she's wants everything to kind actress. of be in the moment. And she's a theater actress who's who wanted to rehearse over and over right. and over again. Yeah. He's like, oh, I I did Godfather Brando. I, I you know just tape up my lines on yeah. the wall. You know he wasn't doing that, but it, in in his mind that's kind of the His school lines that he on came a sledgehammer. From. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. there, there's also this, you know, you could say like, well, he you know he's doing this certain thing. He's making this choice. On the flip side, and th and this hurts. I I think this hurts his performance too. Or his, my perception of his performance is that Kathy Bates is doing everything, everywhere, all at once in this movie. Well, mm -hmm. she's bubbly and 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 fun and childlike, and the split second later she's depressed, and the split second later she's murderous rage. I right. mean, she's all over the place. Now, do you and say so, that in a good way or in yeah, a not oh, so yeah. good? Okay, oh yeah, oh yeah, she's no, perfect I mean it, at all yeah. those things. I mean it in a good yeah. way. Like she's switching on a dime, and like she's. So she's basically, in my opinion, in this particular movie, acting circles around James Caan. Oh, I don't disagree with yeah, that. Yeah, no, I think she's I well above what he's and doing. And so it's yeah. making his performance less effective to me because she's doing all these things and he's kind of like one note. Yeah. Boy, that um, the moment where it's raining and she's just, oh, oh God. Holy like, shit. Like, like this time around... That you just that one hit me. Where yeah, like so much this movie. Like, all right, it's misery. I've seen this before. Right. I know this, but that one, I'm just like, whoa. Yeah, that was the her, that was the the note of her performance that yeah. just shattered the glass for me. I mean, yeah. it was, boy, it cut deep. Yeah. It's that moment where you, you know, you almost you feel for. Her. Yeah, there's she hits every human emotion in this movie. Like, I mean, the the right. the 
Every single and they all feel lived in with her. None of them feels yeah. forced or no. faked or pushed. It's it's no. unbelievable what before she was able we, to accomplish. Before we move on to her, we'll yeah, move yeah, on to her next. But I just to cap off the the James Con stuff, and and you know I I think that James Con's career versus Kathy Bish, that probably matches a lot of what you're saying. I mean, he's not a he's not everyone's first round draft pick for acting no. here. You know, no. he's he's no. he's going undrafted on some he's, people's boards. He's Sonny Corleone, and that's pretty much what he does. Yeah, he's got his, well, you know... He's, he's in Thief. I know a lot of people Right, the Michael Mann, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's good at what he does. But I, he does that thing. But this isn't... This role required more vulnerability than I think he was able to give. Yeah, you, you, you didn't need you didn't need Sonny Corleone strapped to a bed. Here yeah, and I also... Yeah. I, yeah, and I also don't need... I don't need a sniveling... Like yeah, weak, like you know, right. person. That either. a terrible. Movie. I need something in between. Somebody can yeah. do that. Can do more than one thing. At I the will. Same time. I will. I say, want someone fighting the bear. I will say this though. This movie does kind of not always ring true to me as a horror movie. Like I just don't think horror when I think this right I away. I agree with you. And I think one of the reasons why is is that I don't think that James Caan projects enough well, fear. That's what I'm you know, saying. We don't, and, and I think a horror movie has to have fear. And and if if it's so it's if if a movie doesn't or or a horror a really scary horror movie moment there's no fear on screen it's usually because the character's naive to what's coming yeah. and and we as the viewer know that they're gonna get it and they don't know when they're walking down that hallway or they're walk they're walking into a trap yeah. and it's look the other way look and this is one where he's confronted with it and we're confronted with it. And we're nervous about what's going to happen, but it doesn't, he doesn't, I know what you're saying, Chris, he doesn't really show that, he doesn't embody that element of fear that you expect the audience to share with him. I, I, as a viewer, I am, I am never for a moment in this movie thinking James Cotton's going to die. Like, I just know this guy, he's not going to, like, look at him, he's a tough bastard, he's going to fucking survive this. And I kind of wanted, I want, as as a more mature viewer, I want to not know. I want I want to be like, dude, this guy might die. Like th- this this might not go his way, you know? Yeah, there's there's definitely I, I mean, again, I haven't read the book, but I'm sure that there's a a little crutch in here with the adaptation where, you know, in knowing Stephen King and how he writes his people, I'm sure there's a ton of inner dialogue going on in the book definitely. of him being, you know, and and a lot of that stuff is getting fleshed out that way where we don't really get to we don't really get to live too much with James Caan outside right. of him just attempting to escape. You, and need, it's more- you need the actor. Sorry, Joe. No, you, you need the actor to portray this. You, it's not in a book. They can give you the inner dialogue and and be like, "This guy is really scared" or whatever. In in a movie, this guy has to show it to you, and and I don't think he did. Yeah. And even when we're living with Paul, it's figuring out Annie. It's not his reactions to or his thoughts or feelings. Yeah. It's all about kind of. Unloading Annie, which then builds to the tension of the yeah. movie. Yeah, more I, than I don't his. know that he ever takes Annie all that seriously, and I think that that's maybe that may be a flaw. Yeah, I agree. That, that's and, fair. And I also don't want to say that like I hated his performance because I don't hate it. I, I it's great. I, I love the movie, but really watching it critically, I I think he was the wrong. I think they chose wrong. Uh, and and. I, I I don't want to you know we'll get into re- our. Uh, I was just going to say I'm sh- I'm guessing you recast them, I so I'm interested to see Ooh. where you but, went but with this, that. This is not who I recast, but the first choice. Uh, do you know who the first choice was, Karen? Uh, I I saw Ned Beatty was Warren no, Beatty. Oh, yeah, uh, Warren. Warren Beatty. I'm sorry, Ned Beatty. No, Ned Beatty would be great too. Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. Squeal I, but, like a piggy. <laughs> <laughs> 
misery dancing around in the back. Uh, <laughs> no, but but Warren Beatty, and I think Warren Beatty would have been a phenomenal choice. I think interesting. He, I'm not the biggest Warren Beatty yeah, guy. I'm not either, me. but I'm telling you, he has that vulnerable side to him. He could have played it like kind of a handsome, rugged kind try- of guy, but also be yeah. afraid as well. He could have done both. In my mind, he would just try to play it like the cool guy, try and just like cigarette the whole time. Well, but I doesn't th- James Con kind of do that though? He James Con plays more like the sarcastic, arrogant guy. He does. Than the I cool do. Guy. I do like the sarcasm that he yeah. implies to yeah, it because it does add. It does add some kind of necessary comedy. The levity. Yeah. 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 There's a little bit of uh, a little bit of levity. I don't even, I don't even know of levity with her like, too. Still strapped to the bed. Well, yeah, but, yeah, but she she gives you some love she does too, she like, does yeah. yeah mr man dirty birdie you yeah yeah cock a you know all that stuff <laughs> man so that is it is my my initial takeaway here with this is that i i like him in this but now that you're bringing that to light i i do think you have a lot of points you made there and i could see how maybe some people could feel that way too yeah. I, I i think i think kathy bates acts him right he i mean puts pushes him right off the cliff like right off the screen i mean she just yeah. she just annihilates well him. i think and it's tough for anyone to deny that yeah i mean she's on another level in this movie i mean she's yeah i mean she's I, phenomenal the maybe somebody that has had a little more of a uh of um a range of acting could have held up with her and i just yeah. don't think he does in this yeah That's yeah all. well i i think there are reasons that we can discuss as we go as to why this movie is kind of one of those awarded for act the actress only yeah. thing. Oh, it there's, makes perfect sense. Yeah, there's in missing pieces to oh, the other movies. Like I'm defending him. I don't think he should have been nominated for best. For, no, but I'm thinking yeah. even deeper as to the movie and yeah, some of the well, other, why, get, why the mean, movie wasn't up for picture. Or are we, or are we get into it? I guess. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, let's let's before we do that though, just because we've been a little negative here, let's go into Kathy Bates. Oh, we have even, yeah, have we not. <laughs> um, well, I I I did want to outline that this was a performance that Stephen King was. Above the moon. On. Oh yeah, yeah he, this one of his favorite. One of his favorite portrayals of any of yeah. his characters, and this is one of his favorite characters uh, is that he's ever yeah. written, uh, and and he cited Annie Wilkes as his favorite character because as he was writing her, he found so many unexpected unexpected elements of depth and sympathy. Whereas he initially was was writing her as he was writing her, and he came out years later as to saying that the character was it was it was personified in a crazy fan. And that's what he was thinking of while he's writing right, it. Of course, yeah. but the but the real symbolism there is was a lot about addiction, which the movie didn't really go into at all. Did really didn't go into it at all. No, uh, but it was about covered a lot of mental she, illness implications. Yeah, and no. she she attaching her to his writing and how the two of them combined kind of took over his life, and right. it, he was having a hard time being sober and being a writer. You know, is that it was a, the writing was almost imprisoning him a little bit, and that was kind of what the premise was behind. The, yeah, the the book itself. This is big into his like drinking and cocaine era, right? Like, it's right like, around him yeah, trying yeah. to get this done with stopping. it. Yeah, yeah. he's trying to stop. And yeah. it's also yeah. a shortest book, not a twelve thousand page <laughs> manifesto, <out>. right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but he he loved this performance, and he wrote characters for her later on. He wrote um, he so the stand miniseries. He did the screenplay for the, for it, and basically turned one of the male characters in it. And rewrote it as a female just so Kathy Bates could, oh, wow, could hop really? in and do it. A very short like, cameo type role. That's awesome. And um, Dolores Claiborne. Yeah, it was I a whole it. book he wrote with her in mind and she'd go on to play it in the movie yeah, too. Yeah, that's cool. well aware. It's going to come yeah. up again for me. So, Isn't that yeah. a cool idea of like a writer writing a novel with an actor? With the act- we just talked about before when you're reading yeah. it having the actor or the yeah. actress in mind but like, it's like this, this would be a role 
performed by Kathy Bates while he's writing it. That's yeah, a very that's, cool thing. That's awesome. And well, Dolores Claiborne is not one I've I've read okay. or seen. It's kind of cool that like an actress was like inspiring enough for him to be writing a character right? like a, for them specifically. Like you become know? amused from a performance yeah. of another character. Like that's it's incredible. It's really impressive, and she deserves everything from yeah. this. And she this goes on, performance, and she goes on quite a run after this, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Fried green still tomato. going today too. Yeah. Yeah. Still going, but I mean, the, she did Titanic. She did some big yep. ones. I mean, yeah, fried green tomatoes, and yeah, Titanic. I mean, she's done that. That era to the about early Schmidt. to mid '90s was like about Schmidt. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not my favorite. Uh, <laughs> I, I I guess I could rewatch it, but I remember I saw that in a theater. When I was in a teenager, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I saw that in a teenager. I did not appreciate. <laughs> it was not that made for a teenager. That no. was made for a sixty-year-old person. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, I, I don't think this is what I should have seen it come see yeah. today." But I've revisited as adult, and I do. I like might have walked out of it. That's yeah. That's an Alexander Payne, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that was her and Nicholson, who was. Yeah, I remember her being uh, naked in the hot tub, yeah. and I was like, "I'm out. <laughs> I'm good. Thank you." Yeah, and, and Nicholson was another one discussed for this role. Yeah, and he yeah, that would have been a huge mistake. Yeah, I that would, would not have worked. I would agree. We I, don't, and you don't need the shining ties to that either. No, no. Yeah. None, that just wouldn't have worked at all. I also don't like all of these rumored. Like when I do the trivia, you know, I think I've spoken about this in the past, and you, you'll notice by the absence of it in a lot of these podcasts. I don't love the the who it, it would have, who it could have been, and it was everybody. who turned it down because it's, it's like it's De Niro's on the list, well, right? Like and and, and it's like you listen to Stephen King talk, and you listen to Rob Reiner talk, and you listen to William Golden talk, and they all say Kathy Bates was the only one, right? She was our first and only choice, and Reiner was like. This can't go to an actress who with a name because you need to have the mystery and you know we can't have associated this character with anyone else. Right. And then you hear Bette Midler be like, "Yes, I turned down the role and it was a terrible mistake because I didn't like the violence." I read it's that. Like, Bette Midler, blow the, off, you know. Like, this, <laughs> like, the right. Yeah. Everybody but, turned down everything, right? Unless Unless like your, your agent, you probably went out and was like, "Oh, look, oh, there's this real cool, uh, cool skit. What's it about? No, too violent. I don't want it. You know, I don't want yeah, you to right. pursue that. Like, like, like. Well, oh, everyone has to." check with Bette Midler first. <laughs> it should be stated that a lot of people turned it down based on that hobbling scene, which was not a hobbling scene. It was a... They were... Cut off. Cut, his legs were cut off. Yeah. In and the, that, yes. And, and in that's the, what turned a lot of people off. Yeah, one of the big, big changes from the book to the to the movie was it was... And, and Goldman wanted it to be an act. He the writer wanted out. it to be, he yeah. He freaked out because he's like, he took the he took the job based on that scene in the book. Yeah. And when they changed, they when they rewrote it, him and changed it, he was like up in arms. And then they, I think they, they showed it right. They they did a screening. Yeah, and he's, and he's like, like, ah, you're okay. absolutely right. Like yeah. this is, it has to be this way. And a little moment of symmetrical irony in The Shining. The uh, Jack's weapon is a club, and it's changed to it's like a mallet. Yeah, and it's changed to an axe in the movie, and here, the axe is changed into yeah. into a a, right. a, a, a mallet. mallet. Yeah. 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 Yeah, in the book, it's he has one of those like croquet mallets. Is, is that's what right. he's going after Wendy with? Yeah. On the just to play devil's advocate with Annie Wilkes. Here's did you guys did you think that her performance? And I'm not saying the way I feel either way. I'm just asking the question. Did you think it was a little one sided in the in the craziness? Did you did you have could you find an an element of sympathy for the character in there too, or was she all just too over the place that it was just she was all villain? No, I love the fact that there was like a human being behind this very, very. You thought sick that that person. projected? Oh, very I, much. I so. agree completely. There were moments where I was like, "Oh, she's like, it's kind of crazy. It's weird that she gets crazy because like 
she seems so sweet. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, oh, like, this seems like a lovely place to recover from a, 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 tra- a tragic accident. Yeah. And then she goes crazy. And I'm like, oh, shit, she's crazy. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of forgot. Just the way, oh, no. the way she goes in and out of the crazy at different points. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, here's a real person fighting with this just terrible personality disorder that just will never yeah. mesh. And, and like, she does a thing where like, like or they, they do it within the movie where he'll say something so benign and she'll have this terrifying reaction and i'm like oh people are like that like i i've experienced that where you just say something so like innocent and like they people yep, go yeah. nuts and you're like oh no like what did i do you uh, know? five years later they bring it up to you that you said that it's like jeez <laughs> yeah just someone reacts and you just didn't there's just something you threw out yeah you're like blindsided you're like wait what's happening like are you mad at me like what's happening <laughs> uh and she and she does a great job of that so yeah i i don't think Be- you know it's, i don't i really don't think it's over the top crazy neither do i and i think uh a lesser performance it hints towards her craziness in the first couple scenes but they let her be a wonderful caretaker in the beginning like they let you set the scene that like oh this is oh i found oh it's snowing like what are the odds that i found you i'm your number one fan okay you're my number one fan before it starts with like oh you got into town The, the roads are open and you start seeing yeah. the breadcrumbs of insanity. I did have a question, guys, and and I should I guess I should have brought it up earlier. What is she re? What is she mad about about the, as far as the books go? Misery. He she he killed okay. off the character, but doesn't he do that in the book that's already published and out there? Yeah. So the the manuscript he had is a new non misery book, right? So what? So. That's not what makes her mad, right? No, she buys his latest. Yeah, and so why does dead. He, why does she make him burn the manuscript? Because then he's going away from misery. She wants him to write the book, bringing misery back from the dead. Yeah, so he's going. She's going. He's going in a direction creatively away from that misery. she doesn't like. Even before she finds out that he kills misery, so it's basically okay. she sees this new book and misery's not in it. And he's being very yeah, profane. Misery's child is yeah. the one she buys at the store. Yes. But she has not read it. Right. And he's supposed to, his, his new novel is using profane language because he's talking about growing up in the streets. And this right. is how I it is. That, and right, that, yeah. that turns her off. She doesn't like because that. Because it's outside the nine Misery Chastain books. And then when she finds out that he kills Misery and realizes so that this is his new direction. No, that she was, didn't she know that Misery the first died one. Yeah. Right, I gotcha, gotcha. Okay, just wanted to clear so that. So that's what like broke her sanity. I kind of thought that's what it was, but I wanted to make sure the time, because the timeline, the way they per- portray it in the, in the movie is a little convoluted. Like, you know, it's, it's this is a clearly violently mentally ill person, but is she, if Misery isn't dead and the, that manuscript's about how Misery goes to, to space. Right. Where does this relationship go? When she makes him burn the manuscript, you're kind of like, well, is she mad about the manuscript or about that, the the, the misery book? And I, I get what you're saying. She's reading both kind of at the same time. And, and the manuscript is moving on from the character that right, she holds right, right, so dear. Right, right. I mean, she has a shrine. But she's mad about house. killing misery, which yes. is in the published book already. Yes, that right, she right, just right. bought. That she comes right. back from the store so Got excited it. to get. Fair enough. So one of the moments in her performance that really got me because they have to juggle a lot of things with this character in addition to all of the elements of her mental illness which I'm you know Joe I'm sure we'll talk about you in in a little bit but I you know they have to do so much of managing her as a caretaker and her having that matronly vibe to her in addition to her being a fan and and whatnot but there's there's a lot of her as like a mother and her as a nurse right but there's that little moment in the end when she 
goes into that little depressive state where she's like, I know someone like you would never be with someone like me. So they they then show you that jut of romanticism within her, right. you know, where she also does have a sexual attraction to him right. too. And it, it does, a, they do a nice job of masking that until that point to really kind of get that. If it was meaningful that way. Because it becomes this someone like me. It becomes this, this self-loathing, this hatred of herself. Yeah. And that makes the character so, so deeper so and so more, more so much more fascinating and dynamic. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah and, that. you know, because I, I wasn't even thinking in that way. I just thought it was like extreme fandom. And when that hit, it, it gets me. Like I react to it because like, you know, she has all this other going on plus insecurity and all these other things. It's, it's, it's a, it's a multi-layered character. All of the different mental illnesses there, they're kind of working on here, Joe. I'm, yeah. I read some, I read some psych, colleges called it just like you know a checklist of mental illness yeah i mean because you know you're dealing with munchausen by proxy there's probably some borderline maybe definitely bipolar 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 i mean you know severe personality disorder paranoia probably schizoaffective if not schizophrenic like it's then depression like it's bipolar with depression it's it's a lot of different things that she pulls off. Yeah, so, I mean, I think I don't think you can really say she's playing one or two through specific things. I mean, it's kind of like uh, I talked to my wife about Ray, the rain. That was going to be my next question, yeah, Chris. The rain so, yeah, man, you segue uh, me right performance, into it. And he kind of he takes a lot from a bunch of different yeah. things, and it's not one thing. It's not he's not portraying one specific like autism or he what, takes like a, a little bit of elements from a lot of different people right. on the spectrum. We discussed that in the, in our third episode, rain man, which we'll yeah. be eventually revisiting in a little bit. But I did that bother you at no. all. Chris and this. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. No, not at all. No. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a fun dynamic, awesome performance. And I can, I can watch it like that. And I don't have to analyze. Well, what does she exactly have? You know, who, I mean, who cares? And like, it was interesting pulling from so many different things because there was like true to those things while, yeah. Not having to stick to like, all right, well, we need to hit three of these things. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess if you make this in 2022, you got to be like, she has this. I, I don't know. But like, there's no reason for that. It's just yeah. enta- entertaining. And it makes her more complex that you don't, you never fully know where she's going to go next. Like, and that adds to so much to the tension that she's very unpredictable. Yeah. When, you know, he, when he um, corrects her and calls a serial, you know, what she, she, I forget what she calls him. He's like, oh, the serial. She's like, I know what they are. Yeah, like that that's quick snap, like you, yeah. like things like that, <laughs> you just don't know when that's coming. I guess we'll go into some of the the filmmaking aspects here, and this is going to be kind of one of my criticisms here in this one, and where I, I thought this movie might have fallen a bit short, and maybe you guys want to expand on some of the same areas there, what, what you liked about them or didn't like about them too. I, I feel like a movie like this could use a little more claustrophobia through cinematography and landscaping. And I just I I feel like they leaned a little too much into the Broadway play. Now it wasn't a Broadway play until years years later. Yeah, but it it does play like that. It's a little more. Yeah, yeah. this is like a set. We're on a set yeah. in a stage, and we're we're not leaving this room. Right. And I get what they were going for with that. They kind of were doing their own version of claustrophobia with that. Is like, no, we're going to spend all this time in this room. And this room is all you're going to see, and this and that. I don't think you ever really get a full, or at least I didn't, and with my experience of it, I didn't really get a full grasp of how alone they were you know how easy that is to do kieran you get a helicopter and you just you you Watch start you in. start low and just 
pan out and out and out yeah. and out until you see the vastness of the surroundings around them to realize, oh, they are completely isolated. Because and instead, we get her just driving down the road to the right. town. Yeah, and that, yeah. It, it, town felt too close. It wasn't. Yes. It wasn't even that hard to do. You just you just show how isolated they are from the rest of civilization. And when know? they had a helicopter, they stayed inside the helicopter until they saw the house. They didn't have us get to the house. Like it wasn't like a clearing in the woods. I agree. That was a missed opportunity. You could. And now no, we always or we always steer away from exposition here. We don't want to lean too much into exposition. But if there there could have been a way of and I guess it's hard because he's in a room without time essentially and she's not going to tell him how far away town is but if we had an idea as to how long she was gone yeah how many miles we are away yeah or... and they tried to do that in him escaping the room and coming back but if that was in real time that wasn't that long so right. town is pretty minutes. close right you know it wasn't you know they never really we kind of get that all as one sort of shot so yeah. I, you get led into the idea that whatever time we spend with him while she's gone, leaving the room and coming back, that's how long it takes to get to town and back. Right. And to me, that didn't feel very long. Could also do a thing where like, I don't know if he has a clock in the room or whatever, but he can like, when he sends her out for paper or whatever, he can like time how long it takes her to go from Yeah, town check with back. the sun and the sky so or something. She that, just says that's an hour right. away. Something stupid. Instead yeah, but right, it's so right. pissy. We learn that she's probably not going to do that though because she's very... She's aware. She's smart. She's very right. smart. You know, right, she yeah, knows yeah, yeah, that yeah, the yeah. penguin move, but that that's a, there's an OCD to that too. Right, but that's but how she catches him the first you, time. She yeah. probably walks, knocks that wine glass over on purpose, we think, right? Yes, 100%. Yeah, 100%. yeah I mean, they, they did a nice job of filming that where it could have been an accident. But she knows something's up, so she's not going to... So I don't think she's going to let him know how long Good she's going to be away right. for it. And if he doesn't have a clock in the room, it does make exposition a little difficult there. And it's kind of smart that they didn't do it that way. But like you say, even though using the sun or the, the time of day or whatever, Give they could have figured out something. something to had, just make it feel like it's far away. They had a helicopter scene. You could have done it there easily. But yeah. they focused on the wrong thing with the helicopter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and nowadays with a drone, they could probably do it with a drone, no problem. Just like, and look what we did—they did, the, they did like, with The Shining. Well, that's that was going to be my next point. Is, yeah, is but, that we just talked about a movie with The Shining, right. which comes out ten years before this, right. yeah. where you get the full sense of scale and isolation and how far you are from everything. You also have a, a budget of, of that Stanley Kubrick has back then to like. That's an expensive shot back then. Now it's nothing, but like back then it was a lot. Yeah, but they had and, this and shot when they did the helicopter. They just kind of pull it back a little. bit. I hear you. No, it could have been done. For what sure. was the Shining's budget? Do we remember off the? I, I said it on the episode. He had. It seemed he had a, a very large budget. He wasn't really held back by money. Where I don't know if Rob Reiner had that same leeway at that point. Yeah, more than more than double. Mm. More than double. Yeah, almost triple. You know, so like. To, uh, yeah, he's yeah. It, okay, so it's ninety filming with a helicopter is probably very expensive. Yeah, the Shining's almost fifty has almost a fifty million dollar budget. Yeah. And this movie had a twenty in, million in dollar budget in ten years before. You know, yeah, so. right. So if you throw yeah, throw a little inflation in there too. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. So there's that is a good a good a fair point too. But listen, we've seen plenty of movies with half the budget of of Misery. You know, use camera to help us feel yeah. claustrophobia. And listen, then just take out all the, you know, the kind of setup shots of just like the mountains and whatnot, and then let him do, make him focus on the sun in the dark. Like, yeah. do that. Just keep everything in that room. I agree. They did a decent job of making you feel claustrophobic in the house, but not like, oh, they are like miles and miles away. I from never felt yeah, No one's going to find you. Yeah. You know, right. they, they tell us no one's going to find him, but. I never felt it. I never right. really felt it. I agree. It. I, I, I never I, felt claustrophobic in the house, and I think it should have been a claustrophobia movie. Do you like how we don't waste any time to get him 
right in the cabin. Yes. Like, I, I actually, I mean, this movie does a good job of not wasting any time at all. Like, yeah. I, I don't think it wastes much. Yeah, I love. It that probably could have used a couple more minutes to be honest. Yeah, I think it. I think it easily could have used twenty minutes yeah. to this movie. Oh yeah, and where I would have done it, I would have liked to live with Annie a little more outside right. of. Right. You know, we show her going to the store, but that's more just for but furthering the plot. And that's that's you see you see the sheriff seeing her. Yeah. Like it helps him. It's not more it doesn't live with her enough. No. Yeah. I, I would like to see her I would like to see her in the house with Paul in the other room. You know, and, and right. let's what is her alone time like we do I mean they show the shot of her watching like the dating game or whatever, or, you know, a, a but, family no, that's feud. That's not the dating game. That is love connection. The love connection, Chris. Yes. Be back in two and two. You were on that show at one point. I think, right? <laughs> <laughs> but like, that was a lovely show. I would have loved to see her decide to take the guts out of the phone. You know, when she like when he when he finds the phone, it's empty and she like. I want to yeah. see her like. You know what? No, I should do that. Or her. Like or her I, just obsessing over the book like, somehow. You know, I like, like that we don't see her find the penguin because then we don't know that she's that she knows but like show us other things around the house that's you know we see kind of the, the yeah the clip book serves as our like our state of exposition for right. her. yeah exactly yeah yeah who she is and what she's what's happened to her and how she's gotten to this point is yeah that, that's how you see it and it's fine it works but yeah there could there could be some more some more time of her I would have happily been alone. sat with this movie for 15, 20 more minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it it, it, it would have benefited from I agree. more time, which is like, you'll never hear me say that about most movies, but. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about James Caan now, and it does kind of play like the dad from Elf gets kidnapped from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> it, really it, it really does. He's kind of, he's kind of like he's playing book, a different version listen, of that character. Yeah. <laughs> An author becoming like a book editor makes sense. Yeah. It's not maybe that it is. far off, dude. It's right. the same performance. Like, it's basically the same. Listen, yeah, the Elf a, could be a sequel to Misery. I mean, could, you could oh picture the, him as the dad and Elf being like, like uh, what's the what's his name in in what's uh will 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 Farrell's name buddy the, buddy yeah, the, yeah. buddy whatever you're thinking about doing please don't do it <laughs> you know like he could totally have put that in elf and it would have made that sense now how is now what is misery like if buddy the elf is the one being captured <laughs> oh somebody's got to put that together yeah. that's elf would, too would buddy would buddy the elf play better as the Kathy Bates role or would he play better as the James Conroll no he'd role? be the James Conroll he's like <laughs> oh he has to be the James Conroll ooh the block of wood ooh what's that like, <laughs> I can see him as the Kathy ooh, Bates that role too? we're gonna play together forever and ever and ever ooh are we playing cricket with what's, the, what's up with the mallet <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, that's great. Somebody's got to do that. Jesus. So, just a, I guess a word on Rob Reiner is we we spent a good amount of time talking about him on our Princess Bride episode, so we don't have to go too too deep into the world of of Rob Reiner. But it is an interesting input in his filmography, right? Not what you'd expect from him. You know, it, it, leading up to this, it's it's Princess Bride and and um the the music. Yeah. Um, um, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, spinal Tap. This, spinal is, spinal tap. Tap. this is Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. You know, so we're going, you know, we're, and he doesn't really have another horror type of, of filmography, but with... He does Stand By Me. Stand By Me that, is the Stephen King connection. Of, you know, kind of has some darker elements to it. I mean, he's showing signs that he can do more than one thing, I think, at this point. Yeah, and I think that this is was, you know, that type of challenge he was looking for. He's said to be very inspired by the shining and when he saw the shining he goes i yeah. need to adapt stephen king stand by me obviously king mess and then and then this was one that i think king king brought to him king brought to cuz yeah he's like i'm not giving this to anybody who i don't trust yeah and i love that king was like 
thought of him. Because like Stand By Me has dark tones, but this is a much different thing. So that Stephen King was like, oh, no, this is the guy to do it. Like, that's really cool coming from the guy. Because I love This Is Spinal Tap. But if you're watching This Is Spinal Tap, I'm not thinking Andy Wilkes. Also, he, what he goes on to do, he does A Few Good Men, right? Like, yeah. He, I mean, he's very eclectic. Yes, like, he, does, he does bounce around. He doesn't do the same um, thing twice. Is he one of our more underrated directors? So Harry Met Sally was right before this. Okay, yeah. Talk about another very different movie. So he um, went Princess. I, I he would, went Stand By Me, Princess Bride, when Harry Met Sally in Misery. And, and then A Few Good Men. Yeah, right A Few Good Men, American, few American good men, President. Is North, American President, Goes to Mississippi, Spinal Tap, and then it gets, you know... Well, no, Spinal Tap's oh, was way before, way that, before yeah. all that. Um, so, yeah, I would to answer your question, Chris, I would I would agree. Yeah, but I'm just... He's on the... He's on the underrated side of things yeah, i don't think people really think of him as like this this amazing director but like look at all these great movies and how different a lot of them are you know? he has balls he doesn't he doesn't let himself get stuck i think the guys that get credit as like the all-time directors are the ones that survive decades yeah. you know that span past a a, a specific time Era, you yeah, know, he, and and 80s he and 90s was, was him, he was an eighties nineties guy, yeah, an eight, yeah, the yeah. late eighties early nineties guy. Yeah, you know, so and when South Park's making fun of you in like two thousand five, <laughs> it kind of knocks the boots off you. For, well, his his filmography definitely tips off after yeah. after the late nineties. I mean, did you guys watch this movie the for this pod on uh, HBO? Yeah, did, the TCM yeah. thing before it. Yeah, awesome. That, that was awesome, right? Awesome. And well, that's why I love TCM. The five, 10 minute little snippets before movies is my favorite thing about them. And, and the thing about Rob Reiner, because I've seen him in a lot, uh, interviewed for a lot of different things over the years. And like, he's a really funny guy and like really warm, seems like. like Very thoughtful. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I like him as a pop culture entity. Like, mm. he, he's. I think. I think we don't give him enough credit for like how great he was in his yeah. era. Before this one, he said, to, I read this today, and this was this made a lot of sense to me. He was like obsessively watching Hitchcock's filmography. Yeah, which makes yeah, so much yeah, sense. It really great. does. it Because this, this, while Hitchcock, I guess, gets kind of like side associated with quote unquote horror, but I never really look at his stuff as all that like dark or scary. Like, you know, it's, it's tension. It, it's a lot of tension and it's a lot of mystery. Yes. And that's what and, th- this movie is very That's similar. what this movie is. This yeah. movie this movie could serve to be a little a little quote unquote darker. And I mean that in the most literal sense of the word. It's a very bright Very movie. bright. Like, we're right. getting, and it's the snow, the sun, the Which daylight I and snow. Which I appreciate because I just think it's, you know, you think horror tense, you think it's dark. I like the kind of the subversion of expectations that it's always day. And, well, yeah. You know, Kieran, I have to say what you said about the the way it's shot and and the opportunities they had to make things uh, feel more isolated. Snow is a great way to do that, and like mm-hmm. filming like maybe a, maybe another scene of like a snow like a really heavy snowstorm like burying them or like you know but, things like that could have been tools to show us like oh they're, they're really fucked here. Like, I do think he, they did a cool job trouble, covering like, his car in the snow that Buster missed it. Yeah, that's great. I yeah, love I that scene. That was cool. That's a great scene. Yep. They just they made some tonal decisions in this movie that just I don't know that they didn't fully resonate with me as like a viewer and a lover of the genre. And 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 that's that's not to, I'm sure because of that this movie's a lot more popular. You know, I think this movie would have been a lot less popular had they leaned into some but of the I, things I that works, I prefer. I think accessible. that's the Rob Reiner of it. 
Right. right. And yeah. it's it's yeah. more, this well, is going to be a movie we want like, to even, do well at the box office to get score, Oscars. The score has a lot to do with it. At times, I was like, is Danny Elfman like putting the doing the score to this movie? Like The score is as bipolar as Andy <laughs> Wilkes' is. Totally. I mean, it is all over the place. It's out of yeah. control. Um, and I don't really think in the best of ways. No, either. I agree. When it works... God damn, it works. And other times, it has its moments. But there are times when I had to like pause it because it like took me out. Like th- there were literally moments where like somebody's driving down the road and it's like, and I'm like, is this again? Like I'm like, is Danny Elfman doing the score to this movie? Like what is happening? And then it gets like super ominous, and I'm like, okay, like it is. It's very schizophrenic. Yeah, and if you're if you're gonna tell me that you know it was intended to be that way to kind of mirror in Annie Wilkes. It that sounds cool. I don't buy that. It, doesn't seem it that sounds way. more. That's it, an after effect. Like, oh, we kind of fucked up. It, it it sounds a little more unorganized and chaotic. Like, not not intentionally chaotic, but unintentionally. Chaotic. It makes me feel a little bit like it's a TV miniseries at times. Mm. And that's also the the that time frame. Yeah. Like everything yeah. from eighty eight yeah. to ninety one kind of sounds that way. Yeah, or uh, or, or just. Even the way it looks sometimes yeah. is kind of like, oh, this looks sort of cheesy. The town stuff. <sighs> yeah. I, I, I kind of like the town. I like the quaint little Colorado town stuff. I feel stuff. like we didn't live in it enough. Like, I wanted more of that separation. Well, of what goes okay. On. I agree yep, with you That there. goes right back to yeah. my thing with the cinematography. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would have loved to spend some time in that package store. I would have loved to spend some time in that sheriff's office. I would have loved yeah. more than just a random phone call from an editor or a publisher. Or whatever. Yeah, we, like, we don't get a real feel for the for the lay of the land and, or, the, or how small the town actually exactly. is like that would have been like i would have loved that yeah i know yeah it, it very much felt like someone from california from southern california's perspective of what the mountains are is like it, you know like i'm sorry it's colorado right it's colorado yeah, colorado, yeah, yeah but yeah. but you know they're making this in in hollywood and they're like yeah you know just throw a cabin and some snow why and wasn't, why wasn't this in maine why wasn't it set in maine or somewhere um, like that, like New Hampshire or something like that. Like, I, I mean, this, you know, I, I mean, the story, the book was written in about him well, in Colorado. I think it's it, it's like he's a not it, from Colorado, so I'm I'm just curious why it isn't because it feels well. He the spent movie some feels time, very New England to me. He spent some time in Colorado with his family. That's where uh, like the the, shine, the shining, shining came too, from. So yeah, thing. this is this is a bit the of a writer s- in Colorado was. Right. Yeah. yeah, this is a bit of a, a sister book with The Shining because but, you have. Yeah, it seems that way. Well, yeah. you have. It is in the same world as Shining and It because you have. Well, first of all, Shining and It are in the same world. We right. find out because Dick Holliman is in is in the book, but it takes place in Sidewinder, which is the town. Doesn't that, it take place in Derry? Um, that's it. It does, but sorry, <laughs> too so many pronouns. It, it too many pronouns. Shining are the same. Because okay. Dick Holliman is misery. In it. Book. Misery takes place in Sidewinder, Where which shining. is the town yeah, gotcha. that they have to get the snowcat in to get up to gotcha, gotcha. to get up to the Overlook. So the Overlook is essentially right around the bend here, like we're in that area. Right. So I think it's that's just King kind of like well, let's. We, he wanted to write another story in that. I mean, I get setting, how there's their sister books. But I mean, literally, it's like struggling writer dealing with family and alcoholism, and then like. Famous writer dealing with f- fame and yeah, uh, you know, all and, the rest and the, of it. when they're sharing a town essentially. Yeah. And I think in the book, Paul is childhood friends with Eddie. After Eddie moves from Derry to Massachusetts, really? Yeah, that's oh, in the, that's in the book. I read yeah, that the, today. Too. The fact that like the addiction they went to was him quitting cigarettes. They had such a opportunity yeah. to explore that more. 
I, I mean, I think, I think there's a big element of him saying, you know, he didn't want to go too dark with this. I, well, I, He's going dark enough with, with the, the hobbling, the hobbling scene. scene. I took that as also a, uh, this is my public persona and like I quit cigarettes, but like he's not really talking about cigarettes, but yeah. that's like what he gives. That's the story he that's tells like the publicity, that Johnny Carson. Yeah, that's like his publicity Oh, thing. I like that thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't okay. think, I think it's, there's subtext that that's not really what That did was, not hit me but, at all, but yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah, and I think that it's one of those where I'm going to do that hobbling scene, so everything else ha- around it has to kind of be neutered if yeah, I'm going to get yeah. away with Man, this. that fucking hobbling scene. Which is, is very Hitchcock in itself, because Hitchcock has to operate in the in the, the code, the right. Hayes code so much, yeah. too, so you can see him kind of... Right. I, I, could, I bet you that that, in some ways, negatively influenced him, because so much of Hitchcock's stuff is under that that blanket of the code that his filmmaking went that way. So if you're only watching Hitchcock movies to prepare for this... You're, you're not, putting, you're not you're, seeing you're, all the opportunities you have. Yeah, right, you're, yeah. you're exactly. creating an invisible haze code for yourself. Yeah, where yeah. like, hey, you know, there, no, he would have taken chances if he could right, have. Right. It's forced subtlety. Right. Before we move on to the awards, there's one one main character here because it's not a lot of characters in this movie. There are this not is, a lot of characters. We're, we're playing with yeah. just a few a few people. There is one character we can talk about. The sheriff here, yeah, um, Richard Famesworth, right? Who? Yeah, no, yeah, twice nominated for Oscars. He's believe amazing. It or not. Uh, you you liked him in this in this Chris. Him and him and uh, Francis uh, Sternhagen. Awesome. And Sternhagen was nominated for Emmys for her work in Cheers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Twice. Yeah. Okay. She's, yeah. She's they're they're phenomenal. They're like adorable. They're very likable. You love them. Believable as small town peoples. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and and you really get the sense that like this guy has a keen sense of what his job and what he's doing, and he knows something's up. Like he it, it, it hits all the beats that I want this character to hit. You know, like yeah, phenomenal. Couldn't couldn't have cast it better. Was, what? He's gonna come up in a nitpick. No, I mean, this, was his demise too Dick Hollerinish? Where <laughs> he's here and then ah, now he's dead. <laughs> you know, like, but like uh, him fighting. Dude, it is fight. shocking. It yes, is shocking. And I I kind of found it more shocking too. than Dick Halloran in some ways. I mean, it's hard to yeah. It's you hard know who to wasn't rem- shocked? James Conn. <laughs> Not shocked at all. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he's dead now. Cool. Survival uh, mode. Watch man. his face. Watch it. Watch that scene again and watch his face. It doesn't move. <laughs> the fucking guy doesn't move. Maybe he's on all those pills. Maybe he stopped putting them into the bed. He just started taking them before him. the fucking pills. Uh, <laughs> no, he's on the Norville the whole no, time. No, no, no. I mean, yeah. well, she drugs him right after that. But uh, yeah, he's maybe missed some things. But I like him fighting with the state cops, being like, "No, he didn't just crash." Like realizing something's more, like having an instinct. Okay, that's a great. They could have they could have given us five more minutes of like him with the FBI or working with out the outside people that are trying to find this guy. This guy's a famous guy that's lost, right? Yeah. They don't show. They tell us a couple times. They don't show us the investigation. At yeah, all. we get him reading the books. That's a good way we could have we could have seen the scope or the scale of how isolated they were. Is seeing the investigation somehow with cop cars, sirens, lights, whatever, and like panning out and seeing how far they were away from the house. Could you imagine having to read all of Stephen King's books to try to come up with some personality traits to help you find him? You just go to <laughs> Chris, please. You just hey, go Chris. to where the cocaine is. Yeah, here's uh, here's it, 
and The Shining and Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. Firestarter. It's about, and... about nine thousand pages. Go so that'll, find that'll keep King. you busy for a couple of years. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Stephen King will be a skeleton by the time you find him. You're like, ah, yes. When I got to the end of Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three, I knew exactly where he'd be. The code. Oh, he's dead. Yep. Yeah, that took me about six years to read all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, the guy would die from old age before I ever figure anything out. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, they they did a nice job of uh, of picking decorated actors and actors. Lauren Bacall is in this too. Yeah, in that kind of small small bit role yeah. too. Not great in this. You know. <laughs> I have another problem with her. <laughs> oh yeah. boy! She, so, I mean, she's Lauren Bacall playing Lauren Bacall. It's yeah. like that's that's all she's doing. <laughs> do we uh, do we want to waste any more time to get to the awards here? I think we've kind of I covered the ups and, and downs of this. Any any thoughts? Anyone wants to get out there before uh, we head know. there? I got I got plenty more than nitpick zone, so it's. Fine. Oh well, you know what? It's time for the. Let's not zone. waste any time here. Let's unstrap, unstrap ourselves from the bed, put in the wheelchair, pick the lock, and head to the nitpick zone. All right, nitpick zone here, Chris. You mentioned here that you have quite a bit. There's a. And there's a big one. Yeah. I mean, right? I mean, All right. Okay. I don't no, I want a, Joey. I have to... a lot of little filmmaking nitpicks. I don't know. I have a, I mean, oh, I, I guess I have a ton of little ones. No, too. Okay. So we Joey, go, go for one. I want to know what go. Joey thinks the big one is because I'll. Okay. Go. There's a known murderer in town and nobody goes to her house. That's a. That's a, not the big one I was thinking oh. of, but that is a very big one. I have a second big one. Yeah, and it's stated that the Wilkes Ranch is right. there. Like, like they know they what it know is. who she she's, is. She's murdered her husband and kids and people <laughs> in hospice. Like she has just murdered across the fucking state. Nobody's That's like the first place you go. Nobody's like, you know what? Let's go to the murderer's house. <laughs> like just for thoughts, Joey, like, dude. We're gonna read all the books first, okay? We're gonna read, <laughs> we gotta get through the entire misery you know, chronicle. Then we'll entertain your 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 just, you know, your your crack ideas on how to investigate. You know right? what? I leave get, it to the professionals. I guess you're not supposed to let biases of past behavior get in the way of the very obvious murderer murderer. <laughs> Joey, you're about to haul misery into court here. You're distracting me from the book. All right, I gotta get. Back I need to, to read misery when they don't know who her dad is. <laughs> Chris, Honestly, what was your now, big one? Now mine feels a lot less big because <laughs> <laughs> that really is the most obvious one. <laughs> so stupid. That's good, Joey. All right. So the, I guess the, now the second biggest one. Has anybody ever driven? Yeah, this is my, my a, next one. Okay. Well, I've driven a Mustang. I'm and stealing stuff. it. Um, a must or any any sort of sports car, Karen. Have you ever driven a sports car? Of any kind? I have driven non-four-wheel drive cars in the okay. snow. We'll put it that way. Sports right. cars are different animals. A Mustang, for instance. Fucking in the, nightmare. In the, yeah. Well, you, that's what normally we it's drive. Nightmare in the rain. A 65 Mustang is definitely a rear wheel. Rear wheel is the one that doesn't yes, fucking right. drive in the snow. No, I, ever. I've, I've owned these cars. If it's snow, it's dusting. The thing doesn't move. I mean, it swerves <laughs> all over. Fishtails all over the yes. place. This fucking idiot moron asshole... He tried to drive in a Colorado fucking yeah. during a snowstorm in a '65 Mustang. Like, dude, you should have crashed and died like 17 times, dude. I, I had a Mustang once. We'd never have gotten that far. He shouldn't have survived no. at all. I, I had a Mustang once, and for context, this story it's about no trap, no re- no snow, anything. Regular driving, 10 minutes away. I went to Oz, Oz's house, you know, pod regular. Um, 
and we're watching football all day, and it snowed. Yeah. Again, less than 10 minutes, my house to his house. It took me three hours yeah. to get home. Yeah. Totally. This makes my Green Book nitpick even bigger because <laughs> oh, they don't yeah. crash. Yeah, They're just, yeah. They just cruise. I get they get a flat tire at some point. Like, give me a break. You wouldn't be able to go anywhere yeah. in that thing. I've he had experiences where right I, out his house. I can't get 20 feet in a car like that no. in the snow. Like, the rear wheel's and this, a fucking And this nightmare. guy, he's he's this well-to-do guy. He's, he's like playing Mario guy. Kart. Right? He doesn't around, fucking around. know. Like, this is the other thing. It drives me nuts watching it. Not only is he trying to drive this car in the fucking snow, a blizzard, but he's worried about his goddamn manuscript in a leather case on the seat next to him. He keeps grabbing it yep. to hold on. What do you think is going to happen to the fucking thing? Like, you're going to fly out the window? Like, fuck, don't worry about the case. Worry about yourself and your fucking car. God, it drives me. That whole first scene is the stupidest shit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Dumb ass shit. I will, if, in case this was a nitpick that you guys had or someone at home may have i will just throw this out as a, a pre-defense for a nitpick have you guys ever been to colorado yes before no okay so there's a line in there where you know she goes what were you thinking silly with the blizzard coming and he's like well i didn't know it was gonna snow all right so if was that one of your nitpicks did that um okay go just go Dude, i will say in colorado one day it's 80 degrees. Yes, the next right. day it's a blizzard. The next day it's 75 degrees again. There's the weather in Colorado is bizarre, and these fronts come in out of nowhere. They uh, really okay, do. Okay, I agreed. But you know what else happens in Colorado? People are constantly talking about the fucking weather and how it's changing all the time. And a hot shot, a hot shot might not be, especially in the in the 80s, 90s, might not be in tune with right, what's but he going. Still he's oblivious. To, but because of the weather, he could have waited a day. Instead, he went rocking out there. Yeah, I'm just saying it could things turn or turn real fast in Colorado, and it and and they become way worse than you thought they would. These fr- those mountain fronts are very very good. Okay, all that being said, maybe drive a little slower. And well, no stop, doubt, and don't worry about your fucking leather case, and don't blast music and sing along to it. So I mean, I mean what like, the fuck? <laughs> right? That this is typical. Like you know what it is? It's Rob Reiner being from like Southern California or where the fuck. Well, there's he's a from. there's a lot of that. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a there's a lot of that. Clue what he's talking like, about. He's like, oh, this like, is a cool. This is a cool car. There is a lot of that in there. We always talk about like, can we get a movie that's not in Cal- California? And we finally get one, but the problem is, it's, it's from people who are only from and only been in Southern <laughs> California. So they just it's Southern California logic. Right. Yeah. All right, Karen, you got one. I I, I do. And mine always kind of or in this case is posed in a form of a question and kind of more of a discussion what is your guys history with with picking locks with bobby pins have you had success yes have you, I have. Have, you you've done. had success with yeah, I've, I've picked a lock credit so this cards. might just be my own ineptitude yeah. credit cards now credit cards are a different story i'm talking about the bobby yeah. pin yeah, the way he does it in the book I've, I've cracked it with a few a few different things in it can different be times yeah it, it's it's doable yeah have you ever relocked a door with one? Fuck no. Nope. Never even. Tr- but I haven't tried. And never, never under duress. Yeah. I mean, he's he's using that thing as a key, like yeah. willfully in and out. Yeah. I just don't know that picking locks works that way. No. Now, again, I may be extra inept at it because I have never had any success. Picking I've done lock the, is possible. I, I, in my college dorm room, you could take a credit card and, and yeah, yeah, get yeah. through the get through the lock. But yeah, I definitely don't think a guy that doesn't know not to drive a Mustang in the snow would know how to pick a lock. It's with a great a point. And certainly not relock it. That's the one where I'm really like, yeah. well, oh, this guy's just eh, he's just going in and out with a skeleton key. All right, I got one, guys. Is there an Office Max or a Staples in this town? How many <laughs> styles of typewriter paper are there in this fucking two dollar town? That that she, he's sending her back. To be yeah. like, this is the wrong paper. Get me this paper. 
What yeah. the fuck kind of paper is there in this town? I don't know. How the, many typewriter papers are there? I don't know that the Cracker Barrel out there is essentially <laughs> like Dunder Mifflin. Where we're it's like, every yeah. it's like motherfucker, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Like, what are you talking about? That's a good point. Well, she kind of said that to him. <laughs> Except she goes back and somehow in the yeah, general store, it, yeah. he yeah. has he has this. I think he's just of afraid of her. So he just gives her whatever. Yeah, the typewriter era, though maybe paper, maybe, what kind of paper uh, you use? I don't. That I, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that. that <laughs> but so she she lost her job because she murdered people. Um, how does she afford her house and car and electricity and? Well, yeah. there it Inherited, they did perhaps? they didn't mention it was an estate. Yeah, they said the the, Wilkes, the Wilkes, which would estate. be her husband, who she murdered, and probably inherited everything he had. No, he, I think did, he was very wealthy. Did she murder him? I you said she that said before he left. too. But yeah, in the well, scrapbook, he fell off a the... cliff or something, right? Yeah, I, I, would, oh. I have quite, I have questions about that too because okay. you said that casually before. I thought maybe I missed something. What what was the? There's she a fell off the cliff. The... It's in the cliff. I oh, I say the scrapbooks because she threw him off the cliff. Hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. That's how I always take I, it. Okay, I but that. inherited all the money. Okay, that's an yeah. Answer. Well, just when when they said like they said the, the Wilkes estate, estate. Okay, like it, they they said it like it was a large amount of property, which okay. she would have inherited right, it. That's, that's, farm that's a, and that, that's you know. how I interpret it. Uh, that's yeah. that's that a good answer. And that's where she got misery from. Okay. Okay, this isn't like a true nitpick that belongs in the nitpick zone. It's kind of more of a criticism of the film. And it goes goes back to a lot of some of the stuff we talked about. But it I just do have a, a little bit of an issue with the the magnitude and the emphasis of the hobbling scene and kind of never really going back to his feet hurting. Like, they just don't ever... Right, like, he actually uses them as a weapon later. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, we have this horrific hobbling scene. It's like, oh my God, and it's this big crescendo. But then we just don't... There's no... Right. There's no agony. There's and no, what, like... And it's well, just, what oh my God. to his legs or his right. feet after that? We yeah. don't, he gets just... Later on, it's like, oh, six months later, he's walking with a cane. It was 18 months. Like, eight, all right, 18 months later, he's walking with a cane. But, like, I, I just I feel think, like you're never walking again after that. This is an opportunity... We talk about adding 20, 20 minutes to the movie... Man, this is where us, he should give suffer. Give us a five-minute scene of him at, at bed and on being unable to sleep at night because he's got he's he's got His lumps ankles are for feet. You know, oh, like, oh, what, oh, yeah. what about what about showing her putting like them some because they're completely at a right angle, right? His his ankles. Yeah, like yeah. show, dude. How about sh like don't show it, but like show the scene where she's putting them back in place. I mean, they're right there. Everybody, everybody in the seat's gonna be like, "Oh my god!" Right. Because yeah, later on, when he's when after he like hits her with with the typewriter and he like turns himself and his legs come, the feet should have been floppy or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. and like, it's just it's one of those shock value filmmaking moments that like when you look at this and say, "Oh, Misery was only up for Best Actress. Why wasn't it up for anything else?" Yeah. And for me, it's little moments like that, or the, storytelling. There's some detached storytelling yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where you know you have yourself. A real compact hour forty minute movie. I mean, this is not this is not a slow hour forty minute movie. This yeah. is an hour forty movie that feels like an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's a thriller. It needs more time, though. It, it just it and and, and I think and I think the time can be spent in an area that Chris that you have already highlighted in James Conn's performance. But a little bit of that has to be put on the development of his character as well, yeah. and and showing something like pain. That's yes. something that that any actor can do is just have his, yeah. his feet hobbled. I didn't even know the hobbling That's was the a thing. That's the one thing he kind of does well. I mean, not the one thing. I, I think he's fine. He's great like, in that scene, but it needs he to does live all, on. He does show the pain well, but like they don't. Yeah, they they could elaborate on like the aftermath of this stuff more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Did you know that about the end? The end missing from the typewriter. Did you know what the yep. story was with that? Yeah. 
that's something about that's from the books, right? I don't know. Uh, was it in the book? I'm not sure if it was I'm in the book. Sure but yeah, but it, King Stephen King's first typewriter right. was uh, yeah. missing an end, so that yeah, yeah, was just yeah, kind yeah. of a, a yeah. little yeah, an homage to that. Yeah. I did read that. I couldn't remember exactly what it was. And I thought Khan was very good with the typewriter scenes. I got the yeah, yeah. I got the vibe of, of that and the frustration. He, oh man, the went the that God the frustration of of writing a book and having it burned and and oh have no. God. I mean, we've had podcast hours disintegrate into nothing and I've lost sleep over it you know yeah, that's yeah, just me yeah. talking like an asshole into a microphone right. like it's not well, like, like imagine my... like typing out a book on a typewriter and having it burned when she when she's oh. like when she's like I know there's no copies because I know you're insecure about it his face is so oh, that's good. like that's one of the most horrific scenes in the movie for me uh-huh. yeah. hobble my feet before you do that before you do that like I, you felt his heart break oh, well yeah. that that is a good point too like maybe there there could maybe we could use some more psychological warfare here because that's that's one of the most effective scenes mm. and there she's not doing anything to harm him physically yeah it's all yeah uh, the but they don't they, that's the one time they do that yeah she cripples him. she might mind fucks him you know yeah. like other nitpicks what else we got uh you know when you're when she's shaving his face and like i don't know if you guys noticed this but like there's still like large swatches of like shaving cream she's like oh you're done <laughs> It's like, well, you shaved half his fucking face, dude. Like, could you finish the job? Yeah. yeah. Oh, stupid, but it's a little. It's um, a little I, I got one annoying to me. I got one with um, the investigative nature, which you've, we've already touched on a little bit here. The door was pried open, and and you know, old man River sees it, but why didn't none of the other investigators see that? They just like, oh no, he's definitely dead. Animals must have eaten him. It's like, yeah, but someone pried <laughs> right. through this door There's from very the obvious outside. crowbar. And it's not someone it's not like else was here. Right. right, right. He didn't pry himself out from the outside of the car. Like, yeah. let's find this extra person and 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 at least like consider let's go to the that murderer. he might be with them. Right. You know, the murderer. Or just the nearest ranch right. of the state. I mean, you said there were right. two places there. Go there and interview. Exactly. Like, okay, so do we think that Annie was stalking him. Yes, had to be. Well, right? she, well, she says, says that she says how she, she, she would go there and like sitting watch outside him. his cabin. Yeah, and she would sit outside okay. the cabin. So that's how she found him, right? Yeah. There's no way she she just found him randomly. She didn't yeah, stumble she upon said him. He, yeah. She saw him take off in a storm. Yeah, I think she was tailing him. Yeah, she was yeah. on it. Clearly, if if this this like this podunk sheriff figures this out, like certainly the FBI would be like, oh. There's yeah, probably yeah. something we should investigate here. Get your act together, J.T. Walsh. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love, love seeing J.T. Walsh in these. Uncredited. These yes. Yeah. Dude, just... that's, that's actually quite a big one, Kieran. Yeah. The one you just said. That, that's that's a pretty big one. Joe, yeah. you have another one? The last one, you know, a typewriter to the head from an above angle. Yeah. It's take like you're not coming back. I don't care that it's like you're not Jason. I uh, see now. I this is where I'm okay to to enter. Enter Mike Myers' logic a little bit. There's a, there's a little bit of, I like that. I like that touch because it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of homage to to dipping your toes in the genre. You know, I mean that that's that's Halloween Mike Myers all over. Sure, it to me, and I love that. I well, see. I I'm a, I can I can suspend some supernatural because we are in the world of The Shining. You know, we are in the world of it. We it, do have a yeah. clown hanging out in Maine, and we do have. Uh, we do have blood elevators up on the mountains there, just to ride around. So we got. I'm I'm okay. I'm okay with that. With the possession, that's um, fine. Yeah, but you know, no, clinically, of course, yeah, you're 100 right there. No, but they, I be just think they could have easily done it because his legs were hobbled. Like they could have easily been like, okay, he didn't have enough like to hit her hard enough. Yeah, and he's drugged, I think too. Yeah, right? he's drugged. Yeah. So like, so. 
but like he just came at her from fully above and she's on the ground. Yeah. Like, her, her they skull. did it the worst possible way. Her where, like, skull would be fractured. Like yeah. just straight up gravity fucking takes yeah. you yeah, out. I, I agree with that. It, it, it fucks me every time I watch it. I'm like, this just doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. uh, you're not just getting up from that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll take it as the, the genre homage to yeah, Mike Myers cool. of it all. And I, I'm, I'm, I love that actually. Yeah. Oh, I got to throw out one that is just in every, this is such, such a nitpick trope of mine. That I just just drives me insane every time I see it in any episode of the X Files. Drives me nuts in Silence of the Lambs. It'll drive me nuts here. The cop with the hunch that goes into the house with no backup. It just drives me fucking crazy. Like, tell someone where you're going. Tell someone what you're doing. You're looking for a potential criminal here. Like, just there needs to. I get it. It's a one horse town, and he's a lonely sheriff. But like, but, it's but such a movie trope this, that it drives like, me crazy. I hear you, dude. I totally do. But in this, it almost makes. I mean, you're going in. Well, who's he telling? His wife. Well, I'm not. There's got to be a deputy at the the office somewhere. I mean, we don't get introduced to one, but he's not the only cop in town. Apparently, there was a scene of her running a deputy over with a lawnmower. By the way, did you read that? No. There's a deleted scene of her running oh. a deputy over with the lawnmower. Well, he definitely should have had backup. Uh, but I think it pl- it played as um, comedy. Like I think in one of the one of the focus viewings, like people laughed, so they're like, I don't know, I don't know what else I got to do this. This guy's going into this. The person's house that he knows. It's a, I mean, I hate to say it, he's, it's he a, knows it's as a known murderer, but mo- yeah, <laughs> okay, that's <true>. of many, <laughs> of many, a, ba- a baby murderer. She, she's, she's not the famous. Murderer. She's not the famous knitter of the town. <laughs> okay, he's a grown man going to a woman's farmhouse that he he does know the woman. He does as a murderer. He probably. <laughs> I mean, fair. A baby murderer. They're a lot easier to murder than like a <laughs> Munchenhausen by Pachi murderer. <laughs> Um, he doesn't expect that he's going to get murdered by this woman. It just like, is a personal pet peeve. No, I hear it. It drives me it. nuts. It's like, come on, let's go. Let's hear the, it's, it's in, it's in the handbook here, guys. Yeah. You get back up when you're going into one of these houses. So the BPC awards here in this honorary Thanksgiving episode, who is the person or entity in this one? The most valuable person you are most thankful for here, Chris, who was it? It's Kathy Bates. I mean, this movie is a, Disaster, in my opinion, without Kathy Bates. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, I, I can't even. I couldn't. I knew we were all going to do it, and I couldn't even come up with a second. No, you, there's yeah. no second answer. I actually, honestly, think that this is the most slam dunk MVP we've ever had. Yeah. Uh, certainly in the honorary episodes, I'd have to relook at, at every episode. But I, I think I know there was at least one other time where I said this is the easiest MVP we've ever had. I don't remember what it was. I'd have to go back and look. But this is the most obvious. I think as a date, I, I just is the Holy most obvious. Shit. I mean, this movie is all about her performance. Yeah, it, it, and she's it, perfect. It is an absolute mess without her. Like I just don't think it holds. I think it it it's a it's a TV movie without it's her. It's perfect. I, it's perfectly really. cast. She does everything right. It's yeah. There's it's no, out of the park. Like there's it, no discussion. Rob Reiner's great and all that, but like not dude. Still, it might be a TV movie without her. Man. No, I think that's a good point. I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, and you know, it, this is your token unanimous MVP where we get you know thirty of thirty votes. Where would your second place vote be in something like this? Is probably King. Oh yeah, probably probably King, King or yeah. maybe Reiner. Reiner, maybe. I'd probably go King. I'd go King over Reiner because I think. Some of our flaws are Reiner's kind of yeah, lack yeah, of yeah, horror. Yeah. He's responsible for a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I, I think I'd go King second. Yeah, and I love Rob Reiner. Oh, like me that. too. But, and I think he did a wonderful job with this. I just think kind of his... 
There are themes you could have leaned into more. With right. This, though. This, exactly. this movie could well have been said. more thematic and less of just a thriller. Absolutely. Yes. I do think that there's some decent themes in, in the mix with it. But they could have know. they could have really kind of gotten to a but more. That's from yeah. that's that's a king. That's from King mostly. Like I, yeah. the themes, right? Right. Probably they're just the origin of the source material. Yeah, yeah. Okay, a little meaner here, a little tougher. LVP, which which Thanksgiving side are you passing on to the next person? We're not putting this on our plate this year. LVP, Chris. The 65 Mustang in the snow. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. Come that's on. a terrible decision. Yeah, wow. Well, oh, that's a bad nitpick when it makes it to the LVP. That's just being elevated to LVP. It's ridiculous. I love it's, that. It's obscene, dude. It's it's That opening sequence for you, just that. Oh, yeah. it's... it's it's hard. I can't. It was cringy. Like it was cringy. The whole, the whole beginning, the whole opening five minutes is tough. I love it, Joe. LVP. So I had talked about how I wish we lived more in the town, and so my LVP is actually the um the guy who runs like the box store, because if we're gonna be in the town, everybody needs to be perfect. And he just felt like a guy who showed up for a few hours and did a thing, and he didn't make me feel lived in the yeah. town at all, and like. I want it to be in that town more. Oh, that's good. And op- just like an opportunity to give you a little feel for the for the common folk of the town. Yeah, yeah I like they, that. They nailed. They 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 did not nail it at all. And they, he just felt like a thing. Just a perfunctory character. Yeah, just like you could have made that add a really. You could have. You could have added a lot of environment with that guy. Well, I'm going to give you a perfect example from another Rob Reiner movie that we've covered. How about the butcher? In Stand By Me. Perfect. That's exactly who, what I wanted. Who gives you the sentiment of the adults and their separation from the kids. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, you should be more Here like and, your brother, Gordy, you know, oh. you know, whatever. Don't you play football? Like, you know, like that. That's fucking perfect. Yeah. That's what this was missing. Even that the, was missing. Even, that, yeah. even the junkyard uh, guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah same yeah. thing. Same thing. Yeah. Like, there, there was a character to it. It wasn't just... This is my job. Okay. Oh yeah, I get the books for Annie Wilkes. Oh yeah, she got some pay. Like it was just, big miss. Yeah, that might That's be a, a Rob Reiner issue too, though. Yeah, very smart LVP there. Yeah, and it was like I said, he has a previous Stephen King movie that right. he did where he used that and did huge. That. Yeah, it was it. It just you know when we're t- like, okay, maybe you don't want the movie to be twenty minutes longer. Make it three minutes longer and make Easy. that person. Th- fleshed out easy opportunity to make the movie better to elevate the movie yeah, yeah that's a that's a good one uh my lvp and listen i got much love for the adams family 90s movies i love those as a kid they kind of haunted me as a kid i got uh you know i, I res- you gotta love what he did with men in black and all that and made a lot of money doing that wild by west eh, not so good no <laughs> very sonnenfeld the cinematographer and and now Granted, I mean, anytime you pick the cinematographer as an LVP, you're probably like, well, what did the director tell him to do? Like this, this and that. You know, this is a guy who supposedly crafted that scene of the POV of the car showing the sheriff. Like that was his like vision and idea to do. Great. Okay. But like there was an opportunity for you to make this movie at a different scale and kind of, I just have a, I have a little bit of an issue with how this movie shot. I I think it's too stage play-ish. It's not horror. And and not yet. Yeah, it's not it's not horror and it's not claustrophobic enough. And yeah. in a movie where you have like literally your lead actor like complaining about how cooped up he is, why doesn't that come onto screen? Yeah, it's a, your claustrophobic and point it's a scale is really thing. smart. It's yeah. a scale thing, man. And it's just you just you just I want you to show me how I mean a a perfect example for me would be would be Ridley Scott's Alien. 
you know, where oh. you just, I mean, well, I mean, that's also the greatest example of claustrophobia <laughs> of all time, you know, so, but, but, you know, if we're going yeah, no, you know, to show I, I you know what, what I'm talking about right. is, is they're just using little set pieces yep. to show someone cramped up in a room in the middle of fucking space, you know, so, and, and that movie came out, what, 20 years before this one? Just what is that? 18 years, yeah. Yeah, so so you know, there's 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 ways to do that, and they kind of skipped that. And 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 I'm sure budget is a little bit of an issue here, you know. But I mean, 20, they could have done 20 million is not nothing, they could have they they could have done some easy things, yeah. So the, the cinematographer Barry Sonnefeld is, is where I'm gonna go on that one, and um, I guess is you know, he he graduated to director from there to uh, varied success, but. Yeah, so I I think this movie this movie takes a this is a this is an example we I think a lot of times we just are always raving about how great a movie shot. This is an example where this is a movie that could have been shot better and improved the value of the movie. Very much so. Okay, next we have participation award. Just throw a little love to someone who uh, added a little something to this movie where it might not have been, or just someone you just want to shout out or give a little love to. I'll go first, as we mentioned him briefly, and he's uncredited, um, so I'm going to credit him. J.T. Walsh, awesome. gotta love it. He's just such a, a such a, a perfect that guy in the 90s, uh, um, uh, an X-File yep. veteran. I, I always love that, and just has popped up in so many things. So J.T. Walsh is, is where I'm going to go one. for my participation award. Joe. Um, so I went with, it's probably a King thing, but the, um, the trashing of fandom, because <laughs> I really love that. You know, I talk a lot about how, you know... <laughs> You know, I feel like it's 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 something I I hint at sometimes and don't hint at other times. But you know, like oh, just, well, you bash the good people of film Twitter, and I have to edit it out every week. Is yeah, that, and the nerds of IMDb. Um, but no, I, I think so angry. fandom as um, fandom as a villain, I think, is really interesting concept. Yeah, and I love that they leaned into it here. And I think wasn't that one of the things you loved about the new Scream movie? If I'm my quoting your Scream rankings yeah. so much, yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. "Quote unquote elevated horror." Does this qualify as elevated horror for you, Joe? I hate that. So much. <laughs> I know it's so much fun. It drives me nuts. I okay, know. I love it. I'm gonna go with Richard Famesworth. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, okay, very Twice nice. Nominated actor, yeah. hopping as the sheriff, and it's great, dude. I love watching him in this. He he makes me giggle throughout the movie. He gives me the warm fuzzies. He's just great, great guy on screen. Uh, I, I thought that. he was perfectly cast for this, and small town sheriff. Great. Yeah, he's great. Great, great stuff. Yeah, killing the lovable actor is just is is a great little shock value yeah. thing for a movie like this too. It's great. Yeah, yeah, totally. One thing I do really like about this movie and about that kind of moment too is, is we're not totally ready as an audience for Annie Wilkes to wield a double barrel no. shotgun and blow right, someone right. away. Like no. she's doing a lot of like like messing with the guy strapped to the bed. Yeah, and and, and we're also like we're forgetting what a this wasn't something in mainstream movies that we saw a whole lot of breaking somebody's ankle with a piece of wood and a mallet or dude, just, just like this, this lovable character getting blown away, like in front of our faces I mean, through the chest. He, they literally shoot him and his guts fly out right at us at the, uh, yeah. Yeah. In, at the camera. You, you know, know, like I just thought of something. When does Reservoir Dogs come out? 93. Uh, oh, so that's years later. No. Okay. Re- Am I wrong? Three? Because that's because be Reservoir it was Dogs was Reservoir Dogs was a controversial. You could be right. You, you might be right. That was a controversial example of, yeah. of, of gore on screen. Ninety two. Ninety two. So that's okay, two years so later. So this predates that. Right. Yeah. 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 This, this was a shocking thing. These were shocking things to see. This movie had a big cultural effect because of like 
We just didn't see these things in mainstream movies like this. No, we were, you know, at that time period, we were too used to being lulled to sleep by joggers on a beach. To, <laughs> to <laughs> do, 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 do. And jealous, lulling us to sleep. <sighs> Set my peace with that. <laughs> it's so, so angry. I love it. Oh, okay. Uh, so we got our, our participations yeah. in. Quote of the movie. No, no one gave quotes in this one. Oh, okay. So that. mine is Annie Wilkes. Okay. Now the time has come. I put two bullets in my gun, one for me and one for you. Oh, darling, it will be so beautiful. Oh, wow. Because at that point, she's just fully, fully fucking twisted. God. It's dark, dude. I have one that just, I just, I don't don't even know why I picked it, but it just stood out so much to me. I laughed out loud. Oh. I laughed out loud when I, I heard it this time around, and I just kept thinking about it and just thinking, this is what a hilarious thing to call somebody. So, I thought you were good, Paul, but you're not good. You're just another lying old dirty birdie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's a classic that's line. That's a terrible. classic line. Yeah, yeah. That's right up there with Mr. Man. <laughs> I love Mr. Yeah, Man. That's, that's great. So it's just disdain. You're a dirty birdie. Oh, that's great. Yep. I mean, I think that's what people most kind of quote, right? Like that, the Mr. Man, the Mr. Man, the, the, the dirty, dirty birdie, birdie yeah. the two like that that people. Quote I think I was that. just maybe so ready for the Mr. Man that when the dirty birdie hit, I yeah. just I, I just cracked up laughing. Uh, Chris, you got one? All right, I got one. It's it's a long one, but it's Dang, it's, it's worth every minute. Um, we got another three hours left. Yeah. Think, so. <laughs> we're still early in the recording. So <laughs> the best thing about this is just like the misuse of profanity is just astounding to okay. me. Uh, so it's, I'm going to quote both of them. So it's Paul Sheldon. They're slum kids. I was a slum kid. Everybody talks like that. Annie Wilkes. They do not. What do you think I say when I go to the feed store in town? Oh, now Wally, give me that bag of effing pig feed (laughs) and 10 pounds of that bitchly cow corn. (laughs) (laughs) And the (laughs) And the bank, do I tell Mrs. Bollinger? Oh, Here's one big bastard of a check. Give me some of your Christing money. There, look what you made me do. (laughs) (laughs) I think we answered a little bit of your uh, financial nitpick too. She's farming for money. Yeah. She's going to the bank and going to the yeah, feed yeah, store, yeah. and yeah, yeah, she's, she's getting some. Yeah, she's right, right. a little bit. But the, it's the fun, I love the misuse yes. of the the curse, the Christing like, money. The, yeah, yeah. She doesn't the, know the, how to yeah. use them. It's I got one last one. Is just to go. I had the funny one before, but this is a good one <clears throat> that I, I think is great, and I love a, a good like cheesy humor too. But just kind of just God, there's something so like compelling about the psychotic villain, very who's also like corny. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, 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 and like, like, just like Chris, right. doesn't curse, like, yeah, yeah, childlike. Right? Yeah, yeah, it reminds me of like maybe like something that like Trinity would say in the season four of Dexter, right? You know? Yes, but this is Annie Wilkes again. If somebody told me I was going to be having a candlelight dinner with Paul Sheldon in my own house, I would have checked both legs to see which one was being pulled. <laughs> 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 I mean, like. That's unbelievable. Uh, just, you know, this is oh, this is like a day before she blows someone away with a shotgun. You, you know? know what the gr- the great thing too is like the, at the end when when she's when they're getting into the the violence at the end when they're fighting each other. There's this great thing where like you know like in the scene I just read, she doesn't know how to swear, but then at when she's fighting him, 
she starts to swear properly like you realize oh she knows oh wow. she knows what how yeah. to do this and she's it's all she's facade it. right yeah, like, cool, yeah, cool. it's, it's mass she's playing it. a yeah. character yeah, yeah yeah because she starts to say like you motherfucker she's yep. like you know yeah. as she's fighting oh, him good call good good play that's there. really yeah, cool yeah, yeah. yeah that's good oh smart how dejected are you when that when that wine glass gets knocked over too? Oh, oh I know. You, I get, your gets heart a, sinks, it gets right? a visceral reaction Me too. every time. I'm like, oh no, oh! it's just like the, <laughs> the patience of pouring the pills out into the into the paper thing and hiding them. Yeah, and yep, them. yeah. Me and my oh wife my both God. went like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> both knowing what was coming. <laughs> right, that's like the Andy Dufresne if he like shovels his way through and there's just a grate at the end of the 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 the, the pipe. Like, oh no, oh God damn it. <laughs> I gotta go backwards through the through the river of shit now. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, okay, so that's quotes a scene of the movie, the hobbling. Ooh, yeah. I just think it's like the most iconic. Yeah, it's it's so visceral. It's I think it's just so well done. I love that they show one ankle. They don't show the other one. They just show his reaction on the second one. I think they make a lot of really smart choices. And her her calmness in telling the story about the miners. And oh no, we don't kill them. How would they work? Oh, that is it's, great. It's that whole thing. Oh, it's man. Like- now there's an example of exposition being used perfectly. Yeah. Perfect. Where it's it's done, it's done through like a parable. Yep. You yeah. know. Oh, that's that's cool. Love that. Love that. Um, yeah. I mean, and that's probably the most famous. Yeah, I, thing I, about the movie. I, I'm not going to add anything to that. That's that's Same thing. mine. It's exactly. He's right. It's the most iconic scene in the movie. It's perfectly executed. That's the one. No yeah. Question. Okay. Um, so for me, it's it to me, it's like the the Oscar clinching moment for Kathy Bates uh, with the rain. You know what's the matter, Annie? And yeah. the rain, and just and that blank Gives look on her blues, face right? and the sadness. Yeah. And the sadness and the depression of a of a lonely, you know, self loathing killer. Well, she's lonely, but she murdered her husband. Yeah, but yeah, but she's <laughs> she's still okay, lonely. No, I'm not. I'm not. Okay, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm being not. A I'm dick. not playing defense attorney. No, I know. Here. I'm being an asshole. I'm, I know. I'm I know. saying we get a look inside the mind that there's the, a real person there. And and you know when you go back to King saying you, one of the reasons that he loved writing the character was the surprise depths and the yeah. surprise elements of sympathy that he didn't think would be there. And it's, you have and, to feel for her there. And that's the scene that shows those depths and shows that sympathy right. where. You know, you see just how alone she really is, and that she's and aware of it yeah. and feels it. Yeah, and just and and using the rain as a as a catalyst. It's just oh god, I got like a little. Just watching it, I got a little like like it, the movie made me feel something that I was not feeling through the majority of it leading up. That to seems that. fantastic yeah. for that. Yeah. So that that was it. For it me. makes you. It also gives you the the uh, idea of like how what her highs and lows are like mm. like that's because that's important if she's like uh bipolar for right. instance you have to I see mean, the cycle look how low she gets it's important it's important to see her right. volatility to, or her uh how her emotions are completely out of control you have to see the cycle but you get yeah. it fleshes her out fully yeah and i actually like con in that scene too because she's showing a wave of emotion that he hasn't seen yet and while he does not care how she is, clearly, well, you know, why no. would anyone who's the captors? This isn't even, you know, a Stockholm thing. It's just. Well, he cares how she is as it applies to his fucking safety. Yes, he, right, know? right. But he sees that this is something new. And he does kind of give kind of a like, what's the, what's the matter, Annie? 
You know, like there's like there was a different. He couldn't get a read on. There it. was a different frequency in the room, and he 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 saw sadness projected. And I think that's so yeah. much of his. He's in survival mode. He's not really looking at anything. He saw it, so it kind of threw him. And I just love the poetry of the rain. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I love that. Great. Love, great. love, love that. Yeah. Great scene. Great, great, great scene. scene. Um, time machine recast. Is it time? It is time. Okay. So, Chris, no, did you you did you recast James Conn? Definitely did. Okay, so we're gonna go let you go last because I'm very interested to see okay. what route you went there. For the listener at home who's listening to us for the very first time on Thanksgiving 2022, Time Machine Recast, we take anyone from any era, be it the golden age of Hollywood, be it the golden age of A24, uh, wherever you want to <laughs> pull someone, plug them into this movie, put them at any point of their career, uh, you let us know, and Joey, we're going to start with you. So I always recast my LVP, so box store guy. Okay, <laughs> okay, all right. This is a cast that can be expanded upon, so I kind of I like that. I like that a little bit. And um, I want Stephen King. Wow! Yes. Yeah. Yes, that Joe. Good. Yes. He. I mean, I think he yeah. would. Boom. Add, he would add everything that we're wanting in this movie in such a such a cool way. That's great, and it, it's on par with a lot of his. Yeah, other Yeah, well, that's the other thing, right? Because I really surprising I th- it didn't happen actually. because you know in it too he's the um he's the great like, cameo um the the, the, the pawn, pawn shop, pawn owner, shop yeah. guy so like he would oh, he would add so much and it would yeah. just feel so much stronger and more that's more great. valuable. I, I there is also potential for it to be terrible. So <laughs> I have to throw that out there. That but is yes. fair, but, but you got to think within a Rob Reiner vessel, it probably would be honed in. Yes, it's not going to be like a. Rob yeah. Reiner would control it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I totally like that. But you, you put you put a ton of thought into the LVP. Uh, oh yeah. Jamie, I love that. Great job. All right. So I'll go next. You're gonna kill me, Chris. But um, I, I recast the sheriff. Oh, I, I dare know. you. That's tough. But um, I and I'm not I'm not gonna criticize him within this. But I, I do want it. I just kind of wanted someone a little less dopey looking. And a little more, just kind of a little more introspective and a little more investigative in mm. in just in, in demeanor more than anything. You know, I, I don't have any real problems with the sheriff um, as a whole within the movie. He's, he, he totally works with what they're trying to achieve. But I picked uh, uh, David Carradine, who plays Bill in oh, uh, Kill Bill. Is yeah, David Carradine, oh. yeah, who plays Bill in Kill Bill. Kung Fu? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. I I think I I like. Okay. So I'm yeah, going a different way with the sheriff. Kind of not that kind of like friendly, like small town, but but that maybe just or that like small town cool, sheriff. Yeah. yeah. Who has a little more in him? Who could be the sheriff a in a bigger city? It's it's the sheriff who left the NYPD, retired, and became a sheriff in his hometown or something. Yeah, and I I want a guy who the who the audience knows is gonna crack the case and knows is gonna like oh we all know where this is headed. And then he gets blown away with the shotgun, and it's like, oh shit! Well, he would have to get like stabbed with a samurai sword, I guess. Right? Well, I'm thinking more maybe the six points of Paimon, uh, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, to have it take three steps and have his heart explode, you know? Because like, I mean, you know, Andy Wilkes definitely knows the six points of Paimon. There's no, there's no doubt about that. So yeah, so I, th- I thought that would be right. a, a fun little thing. Cool, you know. He'd have to be a fast reader, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right, Chris. Oh man, this is big. This is great. Right. Yeah, recasting James Con. James Con's out. He's out. He's uh, he's dead in the side of the road. Shot up. Who are we going? No more Sonny. That's it. Sonny's Left at the dead. toll booth. Left at the toll booth. I'm putting in my man, Dustin Hoffman. Ooh, who was, who was, uh, I mean, the guy they pitched for it. Yeah. I mean, I think that there was a lot of people that, that were up for it, and he was one of them, but I think he would have been the best one to do this role. 
Um, and I, I went against my usual thing where I put my met my exactly guys a year later. So you did it for a full calendar year, I know. which is really good. Yeah, but th- in this, I wanted to take it seriously because I really think Dustin Hoffman hmm. could have pulled off both things. He's he he could you could have bought him as a famous writer. I mean, he also he, he also would have had. He could have given you the, the enough of the fear aspect to be believable. Like this guy thinks his life is is in danger. Absolutely would have. Um, you could have also believed that he could defend himself at the end and actually take overtake her. I think he would have been phenomenal in this. I think it would have been awesome. Yeah, I think it would have taken the movie to a next level. I yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's there's no way it's not a better movie with him in it. Yeah, I right. Mean, I mean, yeah, it just is. I can see him sitting He's there such debating, a good debating with her, and you know. And if even if we don't use the time machine and just no, put him right in there, right I mean, where he is, yeah, he's right. a year after winning the Oscar for Rain Man, or two yeah, years right, after winning right. the Oscar for Rain Man. You could literally just drop him in there, drop yeah. him in there, and like, yeah, even trying to reason with her, he probably and gets a nomination. He to wouldn't be, honest. be, he wouldn't be as sarcastic or or, or entitled or whatever uh, the words you want to use, but he it would have been way more effective, I think. He has a vulnerability. Yeah, he has enough I mean, of it. What are some others to kick around? Like, what are maybe even some other, like, maybe more modern actors that that could work in that spot? Or even if you're not even sure it would be good, but let's just imagine what, like, I mean, obviously, like, someone like a Leo could always, yeah, could like, always crush easy. something. You put Leo into any right. of those lead roles, though. He's one of the best there's been. I mean, I would not Kieran, want Kieran. to see Daniel Day Lewis in that role. I would not. No, want to see that would be. Uh, Kieran, so, I, I got a guy so for annoying. you. You'd love this. This is going to be great in misery. Ready? Okay. Pete Davidson. Oh, Jesus. I would want to <laughs> sledgehammer to his face. Well, that exactly. Karen, imagine Pete Davidson just getting his legs broken. I'm not going to imagine that. <laughs> no. He can stick to Taco Bell commercials. <laughs> Perfectly where he belongs. I don't know. I don't, honestly, to be serious, I don't know if there's a, a modern actor I can think of that. I'll tell you a classic actor who could do it in a second. Jimmy Stewart. Oh, yeah. I'd love Jimmy Stewart in there. Would I, I would it. love Jimmy Take Stewart. Take the rear rear window. Yeah. I I have to think that maybe Reiner kind of envisioned a Jimmy Stewart in many ways. Maybe. Yeah, I, I thought about that when he yeah. watched all that Hitchcock. Cutting room floor. I mean, I feel like the, the general attitude was that there was more to add to this movie. Uh-huh. I, I take literally away. wrote, I would add, Me I too. would subtract. I wrote, put more. Like, yeah. flesh things out more. So I, is there was there any scene or any part of this? I mean, I mean, Chris, I think you want that. First scene to be handled better with the yeah I don't yeah. want get them the correct card that'll I don't be a want real drawing I just want it to be uh, done better not stupid yeah, yeah. yeah I mean let's let's have like the let's have the weather be more of the villain than the stupidity of the right. driver right yeah. right exactly it's like Jesus <laughs> maybe that's what Christ, they were going dude. for I don't know uh, yeah so I, I would yeah that. maybe maybe he is this like big celebrity dipshit that doesn't know like basic things like how cars work you yeah know, uh, but it's not like he's driving in from california he's driving in from new york so right. he's dealt yeah, with snow he, he knows how in, stupid it is in massachusetts, massachusetts. So, so he knows this doesn't work right in and, he, and he grew up, he grew up as a slum kid right yeah. as he says like yeah yeah i mean he grew up as a working class person you you kind of know that no one growing up in massachusetts is taking is taking the, the cold weather for granted right yeah, exactly the nitpick right there. And, you know, Oscar reevaluation. So obviously it was up for one that it totally should have been up for, that it totally should have won for. So there's not too much to to analyze there. If it could have been up for one other type of award, what would you say? Screenplay? That's mine. Gold, yeah. yeah. William Goldman for adapted screenplay. Yeah, I think yeah. that's perfect. Yeah. Because I think it's super it, tight, and I love the fact that it's adapted into a Broadway play, yeah. which has shown which some evidence so that there was, there was some... In, 
inventive nature because again i haven't read the, the misery novel but I would wager to say most of the influence in the play came from the movie and yeah, not the source material. Yeah, so. I would I would agree with Absolutely. that. Because I think even King himself did not want it to be a play at first. With the oh, really? Of, yeah, they like wanted Julia Roberts to do it. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, Annie Wilkes is a farm lady. Like She's got to right. toss the guy around, which right. goes even more into the uh, the Hoffman would even be greater Like because you want her to have the size advantage. So like she would have exactly. the size advantage yes, on him too. Yes, yes, So um, yeah, so I, I think screenplay is probably yeah. the best one there because I think everything else is kind of lacking I, yeah. yeah screenplay yeah. screenplay and Kathy Bates do the heavy lifting in this 100% yeah. before we do recommend this is our third year here of doing Stephen King on Thanksgiving so we wanted to add a little extra fun little quirk to this not only is it our third year in a row of doing Stephen King adaptations it's our third Stephen King movie adaptation this year so we've done <laughs> like six already here and and and, and counting so we want to go Stephen King, Mount Rushmore film adaptations. And I'll so, give his so, on our eight episode. Kieran and I withheld. Yeah. Oh, we withheld to this. Okay. Yes. yes. So you're going to hear Oz's next week yeah. on the eight episode. So we'll give our uh, so our with withhold uh, our withhold Comes next ahead. week. Well, you'll have to go back and listen to us again with this here. So basically, what what the idea is like we're going with the the movie. And did we say we were doing? Horror movies, or we're are we Any. including? We're doing everything. Yes. Okay. We're, we're, we're putting them on there based on the merits of the film. Yes. Not the not the source material here. Okay. So, Joe, you're going to give your four first. So, start with Shawshank Redemption. So we should just say is is Shawshank on everyone's? Yes. Okay. Shawshank is on everyone's. Okay. I think that that goes without saying. Yeah, I figured. Go that listen to our 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 episode here. Um. Next is Stand by Me. Okay. Is Stand by Me on everyone's? No. Oh, it's not on yours, Chris. Oh, okay, cool. so it is on mine. So we'll we'll put that there. Okay. Um, again, the Shining. there. can do on that. Yeah. The Shining. The Shining is the Shining on everyone's. Yes. Okay. The Shining's on mine too. So you have three of mine right there. So we're we're in the same point there. And All right. So I have three, and I'll, I'll hold back my my fourth one. You know, two of Chris's. Joe. So, for the fourth, I you know I um I rewatched it this week to solidify it, but I went Carrie. Okay, you went Carrie. Yeah, I I love Carrie. I think it's a really fantastic horror movie. So, Joe, yours again are... Shawshank, Stand By Me, The Shining, and Carrie. Okay, great. I'll go next because I only have one different right. here. For reasons that we don't need to say. Favorite movie of all time is Shawshank. It's easily going to be there. Shining is kind of the um, the the stepchild of the, of the Stephen King adaptations, but I think it's probably the most famous of the adaptations because I think a lot of people don't even know that Shawshank is Stephen King. That's unbelievable. And... Uh, Again, stand by me, you know, just taking that that short story and bringing it through. So I I was debating between Carrie and this next one because Carrie's kind of the one that gets it all started. And do you go that route? And I'm gonna go with the other the other end of it is the one that kept it, that rejuvenated and brought and brought it back to life. And I went with 2017's it as my as my fourth. That was my one other one. I, I rewatched Carrie this week to and that was my debate. Yeah, I think that the yeah. Stephen King properties were kind of gone a bit forgotten and that that just touched on all the nostalgia all that stuff right after the stranger awesome. things and all that yeah. and yeah really brought life back to the the properties so um yeah that's awesome. where, where i, I love that. that one so awesome. chris so we already have established that you have shawshank and shining on there correct yes okay so um, what's your third and i want to preface this by saying that there's a lot of stephen king movies that i love adaptations that i love i grew up on this stuff so like it's our hard decision uh 
but I went with a couple of classics and then a couple of more modern ones. Um, so the Shawshank is going to be my number one. I, I think that's hard to, hard, I, there's no way I can say anything else. Uh, it's a shining is a close second. I mean, I really, especially after doing the deep dive with you guys recently, it's, it's up there with some one of my best movies, my favorite movies of all time. Kieran, you, you Kieran, said you were a little disappointed. I, I, I'm disappointed with myself for you picked it in your top ten, and, and it should be in my <laughs> top ten. I, I, it is phenomenal. Like I can't say enough about it. Um, and Shawshank for me is like as close to a perfect movie as I think I've ever seen. Yeah, so, agreed. Absolutely. Um, so Shawshank one, Shining two. I'm gonna go with Doctor Sleep for three. Ooh, I'm, oh, cool. I'm a huge wow. uh, Mike uh, Flanagan fan. So that's your Neo King pick there. Uh, and and I'll tell you this, my fourth pick, also also Mike F. Oh, <gasps> you did it, Gerald's that's, Game. Oh, that's wow. fucking amazing. Yes, those are those are those are both incredible films that not enough people have seen and should. Because yeah. I tell every, I talk about Gerald's Game all the time. People just stare at Dude, me. Dude, it is talk about claustrophobic and mm, that and does it all right ca- it being caught in captivity and everything else it is i mean it's it's hard to watch <laughs> one of the movies i was alluding to earlier when we were talking about the inner dialogue and king's yeah, properties there man. and and almost uh, right like that was considered unadaptable yeah. right it was it uh, mike flatigan always said that like in his like his thesis idea yeah in in getting into filmmaking was i'm going to adapt gerald's game wow and he would go to places to be like all right here's my idea and they would either dismiss him scoff at him yeah. or just kind of like nod their head and be like this guy's crazy and he, he was able he was able to pull it off and Fucking it is yeah. uh, it's, it's an oh, unbelievable Chris, great, yeah. movie that i, I th- again more people should see so uh and i think people who've seen it do not know it's king right right yeah oh, available it's like on it's a netflix king. original so it should be up on i think all of their original materials just there all the time yeah. So oh yeah it's, it's it. on netflix yeah Ooh, boy so, gerald's yeah. game yeah not I an easy watch not an easy watch no but yeah I mean, amazing, a rewarding watch though. Yeah, oh, amazing, great. amazing adaptation. Yeah, that's that's a good, good, good pick there. I like that. Awesome. Recommends. Yeah. Recommends. If you just watched Misery, or if where you're going, what you're doing next, here here we go. Uh, I have kind of a weird one, so I'll go first. Awesome. And it's a little bit like I'll admit that it's a little bit about kind of what I'm into right now. So it's a little personal of a pick. Fair. And it also ties into what next week's episode is going to be in our, our, our It Megasode. And I almost always pick I almost always pick movies here for this, but I'm going to go into a show. And it's a show that I'm super into right now and I want to check into. And it is uh, one you've been pushing on me for a little while here, yeah. Chris. And Grant Z has been pushing on me too and many other people as well. And it is HBO's Barry. Oh, so yeah. good. Oh, man. I- I'm not going to like go crazy into trying to tie it into misery and just saying that like I-, I just feel like some of the vibes are right with it and just so well acted. There's some a lot of dark comedy in there. Dark comedy. There's, ah, uh, man, just a-, a whole lot of people getting just blindsided with things that they're not ready for. Absolutely. And God, Bill Hader, man. What a, what an actor. Um, if you don't mind me adding something, whatever you think the show is, it is not what you think it is. And don't go into <laughs> it that way either. Just like just watch it. Yeah, I don't mean, don't go into it with any preconceived notions because you don't know what it is. I promise you. You think it's one thing and it it turns out to be three other things. <laughs> it's incredible, Kieran. I, I'm glad you're watching it. So yeah, it's like, it it it's awesome. And 
it's one of the things that I like the most about it is is that it's a half hour. And yeah. every one of these shows, like this show, that have the same type of vibe, same type of of um, material, they're all an hour or an hour yeah. plus. You know, yeah. there's very few take the chance of being so a like half hour show right. and we're only going to be 10 episodes. We're yeah. only going to be whatever Stranger it is. Stranger Things so had two hour episodes. And, you know, listen, right. obviously, <laughs> Henry Winkler is amazing. Bill Hader is amazing. But, dude, Stephen Root. Yeah. Who who we probably most know as Milton from Office Space yep. or the the guy Dodge in Dodgeball Ball. with the L Hail for Love, um, <laughs> King of the Hill. He can, he can act, man. Yeah. Oh, he's he's a great actor in this in this show. So uh, Henry Winkler just fantastic too. Yeah, yeah so. it's it's it it is totally akin to this movie in a weird way. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it it's in the back of my mind with it. So awesome. No ho, Hank. No, no ho. No ho. <laughs> I mean, just all-time character. <laughs> yes. So that was my recommend there for, for Misery. My contemporary recommend. I love that. Awesome. That's Joe. I was thinking, I started thinking about, and I was starting to think about where I wanted to go, and I just, I kept thinking about Obsession, and um, I went with The Prestige. Oh. I think that would really pair well with a really uncomfortable. I'm not familiar. Christopher Nolan's The Prestige. Yeah. Oh, man, I think it's one of his you best. You have not seen The Prestige, no. Chris. No, no. Wow. I agree. I would agree that it's one of his best, yeah. if it's not his best. I think it's arguably his best. I think it's a fantastic movie, and I think it's super rewatchable and just. And it's all about obsession. Christian Bale. Oh, okay. Uh, Hugh, Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Oh, that seems like right up my alley. Oh, I, I thought that Scar- was something right up your alley. Scarjo, Scar- 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 yeah, Scarjo too. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, oh, yeah. oh, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the great Michael Caine. Of course, I mean, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, dude! Awesome, Great awesome movie. movie. Chris, you get and right into the it. twist and turn movie, like just yeah, cool. that's 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 prime Nolan. Yeah, you know, that's prime. I'll add it to the list there, yeah. Joey. Before yeah. it's out of control. Yeah, cool, very cool. All right, Chris, I think you alluded to yours earlier. Yeah, I did. Um, and I don't know, if, Kieran, if you're a fan of this movie or not, but uh, I I love this movie before I should have. I think um, it is. Another Stephen King adaptation, another Kathy Bates uh, film. It's Dolores Claiborne. Um, I think this was, like you said, it was written with her in mind. It, it's soon after. It's a, couple, what, a year or two yeah, after. Yeah, I think, of, what is it, 93? I think so. Yeah. Sounds right. uh, have you both seen it? I've seen I, it recently. I love it. It is a true blind spot for me. I have not read the novel. I've not seen the movie. And in fact, I don't even know what it's about. So I know Dude. it is a, it couldn't oh, be more of a Kieran, blind spot. It's incredibly really good. And listen, it isn't a it's an isn't action packed. It isn't happy in any way. Um, but it's she I mean, she's incredible. Everything about I think everything about it to me is incredible. It's all about family dynamics. I mean, it's some heavy material, but I, I it's brilliant. I, I remember it. Having seen Misery and then this soon after, I remember even as a, as a young kid being like, "Wow, this is like, this is like really good acting and and really really deep material." Yeah, know? in in the King bibliography and in the King filmography, it's a bit of a deep track, but a bit of yeah. like a trendy deep track, like a, like a modernly trendy deep track. So it's it's not a place that people go when they talk about King movies or King books. No, but it, it's kind of one of those people who have read a lot of King will be like. 
you know, you know, it's a sleeper is Dolores Claiborne. They're yeah, like, it's now, yeah, it's kind rare. of, okay. I think it might have lived in that disappointing territory uh, I, I, for a while. I don't think it was a, a well received movie at the time. No, or, or, or even a book. I don't, I don't right, know. Right. Uh, and I think over time, it's kind of been like people are now, like, you'll see the tweets pop out and say, like, I don't care what anyone says. I love Dolores Claiborne. Dude, it, like, it's, yeah. it's a really good movie. And it's also, it's not a horror movie. It's not a, it's not a, anything, it's not scary in any way. It's not like that. It's, it's, it's about dis family dysfunction and alcoholism again. You know, it's a theme that keeps coming up and all sorts of, of things. Um, and it's, it's entering incredible. that era of King where he's now starting to like obsess about writing female leads so like he's yeah. got he's got Dolores Claiborne he's got Rose Matter he's got Lisey's story coming up it, it's he's almost, got Gerald's game I mean bro. you watched it recently Joey I mean like three two three years ago it yeah. revolves the whole story revolves around women really oh the whole yeah. thing right? so it's uh, Kathy Bates and Jennifer Jason Lee right in uh, the older woman I, fr yeah, I, I forget, forget the name, actress's but name yeah. but I mean it doesn't there's not really a lot of men involved like Christopher Plummer's in there but <laughs> but they're like peripheral yeah, characters it's the yeah. women it, Kieran you really cool. should watch it. It's really yeah, but good. I, again, it's always that. It, there's always that struggle of with these is like, do I invest in reading the book first, and then do I watch the movie, or do I just blow through it and watch the movie and, and go? Yeah. So like, it, there's I have to pick my spots with those. Yeah. Um, is that on your your infamous list next to it? The watch list? No, because well, there's a, the King stuff is is it's a separate for things. Yeah, it's you. a separate deal because I try. I if I can, I try to read. Yeah. first and then watch unless it's like one of those must watch type of right. deals maybe this is one where i'll watch the movie first though yeah i think i i really think you would enjoy it uh it's good anyway the problem is is like i just don't know that i'll ever watch dolores claiborne and then read the book like i know like if <laughs> once I, you if, watch if it, i read over. the book i will yeah, yeah. definitely watch right. the movie like yeah. there'll be the next thing i do like i'll finish the book and immediately watch the movie like yeah, that yeah. and and then i'll find three podcasts on it. I can't, I'm really <laughs> shocked that, I'm really shocked that it's a blind spot for you because you're such a king king head, you know. Yeah, but I'm meticulous with it. So yeah, I, yeah, I pick yeah, my yeah. I pick my He's spots so much as material, I go. dude. How I mean, there's so much lifetime <laughs> yeah. reading it and yeah. watching. Oh, there's it. a lot of a lot of ones out there that you know, I, there's a couple classics I got to do. I got to I've got to read Salem's Lot. I have to read right. mm. and that's being adapted soon. Oh man, that I mean that and that's an all-time classic yeah. Right book, yeah. right? Um yeah. Dead Zone I got to do. Um I'd like to read Firestarter. Yeah. Um, I've never read Cujo, you know. So there's like right. some there's some big ones out there yeah, that I, ones I, I, I mean again read. it's I mean you, don't, you who has all the time I mean he, he's so prolific, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know reading and podcasting are <laughs> easiest <laughs> things to do together. Like exactly. you have just a lot of content to cover. But yeah, sure. yeah, okay. So I will I'll definitely start uh, I'll start entering the the world of Dolores Claiborne here awesome. in this in this stuff. Wow. All right, guys, we did it. Our, our third Thanksgiving here together as a crew. Uh, our, Happy our, Thanksgiving! Our only uh, best Happy picture winner that drops on an actual specific day of the of the calendar. There it drops on Thanksgiving. So if you're, will, will, this will be ready to go for you Thanksgiving morning. So if you're commuting, if you're traveling anywhere, you could be listening to this. And hey, I just want to say I'm thankful for you guys and all the oh, work absolutely. that you put into this thing. Hey, Karen, for sure. Happy Kingsgiving. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, yes. <laughs> but seriously, guys, all the extra work that you do for this that you don't ask for, Joey, whether it's you compiling the stats or putting the extra work out on Twitter, Chris, you the, the things that you've done to invest with us, with, whether it's the microphones, the laptop stands, like the little gifts and things yeah, that you've absolutely. you've built into this i'm the, keeping i'm keeping a list don't worry uh, I'm, <laughs> expecting, I'm expecting a tax write-off at least of course grant's out there 
doing all the graphical work that absolutely that's that so important and, to what we do and honestly every single one of our our co-hosts here they're all they all add such a big element to what we do where this is not this doesn't work the vibe of what we do doesn't work without the community that we have here this this little group that we have uh this little group of losers that we've, <laughs> we've assembled <laughs> exactly. here yeah, the losers club personalities work in all these different ways yes yeah. the bpc losers club here so it's it's all uh it's all worked out well for us we have uh one more okay so next week will be the the it episode that will release then we will have spotlight mm-hmm. will be coming out chris which w- w- myself you yeah. and arthur b yes. did uh together there and then we'll have our christmas special on joey national lampoon's christmas vacation oh, that's awesome. right yep. i'm excited for that yeah one. so that yeah. should be fun Great one. and then we'll take a little break yeah we'll take know, a little break and it gives you time to catch up to things because by the time we get to christmas vacation that's going to be our you know we'll have released 140 uh you know, 14 things since our 100 episodes. So it gives you yeah. time to catch up to things because we're putting out a lot at once. So, you know, it's just really great stuff that we're throwing out there. So use the holidays and your break to catch up on everything that BPC has. All the BPC and the it. worst picture cast and just just get involved, man. And we love it. And Yeah. And and, and I should say is like this, epi- this, these episodes normally drop every other Monday, Tuesday. So beginning of the week, every other week. Right. That's kind of always how we've been from the start. But these last two months, if you've noticed out there, people uh, have been dropping them every week. We've had every Monday, you know. It's pretty, pretty, pretty good if you're a BPC listener, right? So, you know, break our balls about the break here. We've given you a lot of content. There's a lot of content. Yes. The break is for us to breathe, and the break is for you to catch up. That's right. And we have our revisited episodes. It's a new series we dropped here. We're gonna, Which we the did, first one was phenomenal. I don't the know Departed that we episode. About it. Go back and listen Holy to it. Holy shit. It was hysterical. It was a lot of fun to listen to. Chris, you had a, a good laugh with that, right? I did. I did. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are. Yeah. <laughs> a lot more about 2006 I, I like, baseball I like you guys than I was uh, uh, criticizing yourselves. That, well, that's, that's yeah, that's the good, that's, that's the good part. That's the gimmick. Yeah. There is the meta. We try not to get too meta y with it, but. Um, Always with those, just listen through the music at the end because you never know what kind of wacky Easter eggs you oh, get. Man. And they're, I think they're <laughs> just some of, our, great. some of our best Easter eggs on that one. Yeah. Uh, we have our um, our top tens episodes. We'll still be going a little deeper in that. You might, uh, we might develop on that idea l- into next year. And we're going to be doing some of those, uh, some of those first 45 revisited situations there too, kind of going into some different categories there. A lot of fun stuff on the way. We'll have probably a little, to start January, a little preview episode for what the year is going to look like going in. We will announce on our Christmas episode. First of all, we'll be doing our annual now or now annual, now annual. Chris Kringle movie recommends here. Our, our Secret Santa movie recommends that we do now. So we'll we'll each draw one of each other and we'll recommend a movie oh, to that person. And it is a we recommend we use each other all the time. But this is a a heat seeking missile. You got to watch it. So, like the, for the for the me's and the arties of the world who take a little time to watch something you uh, recommend to us. So, Chris, if you draw me, uh, I, I can't it. run, That's I can't right. hide. It's a heat-seeking missile. I gotta do it. You gotta watch it. You can check out our Elf episode last year to see how that works. We had a lot of fun with that, and we're not going to be able to draw the person we drew last year. So, which really be, adds adds to this. Uh, yes. I re- I really loved making uh, Artie watch Brokeback Mountain last year. And it was, yes, that was phenomenal. That is a great. That, was, that uh, is a great thing that he uh, that he educated himself. And about. He, I think he enjoyed it. I think he liked it. Right? He did. Yeah, yeah no, he, he did. Into it. He is just he's 
always so anti Jake Gyllenhaal that it's like it's like it, it's fun to make him watch movies because no because you had him watch Artie is anti a lot of things. Yeah, watching but, movies. That's kind of him. But but you you put Zodiac onto him too. I did. And that was another one. So you've kind of been getting that Jake G stuff. This is the case. thing with you guys, you and Artie, is I. I never recommend things you don't like, so you should just listen to me and watch I know, everything I suggest. Your commercials stink, though. That's your problem. Is that you're, you you got to work my on your advertising? Uh, like, see, your elevator gotta, pitch. Yes. Yeah. Pitch yeah. Your elevator good. pitch has got to be better. No, I have to say my let, pitch is basically I'm right. So you're too pushy. Do, you call too many <laughs> times. You call me in the morning. You call me in the afternoon. Like you got to leave space. I see. I let it breathe. I knock on your door all hours. I know. It's like I think. I think last year we all knocked it out of the park with a tough thing. Like yeah. Yeah. Kieran picked one for me i love no one wants to draw joey because we have no idea what he actually hasn't seen he's seen every fucking movie that there is i'm just gonna world. pick something like somebody recorded in their basement and be like dude this is like this crazy india thing you've never seen here you and joey go. be like i must see this <laughs> like i've seen it twice <laughs> i've seen it twice i rewatched it last night uh yeah, yeah. so that'll be fun kill, killer basement crickets from outer space he's like oh yeah I'm, I'm in i'm totally in oh my god we're giving away ideas here uh yeah so Gonna There's be good a lot stuff. of good. The amount of cool, fun stuff we've put out versus what's coming out is so. It's just so exciting as a, you know. Everything. We have we have fun things on the way. It's gonna be great. We're gonna be recording our return to cuckoos episode oh. soon. We're gonna be turning our return to Rayman episode soon. Both of you guys will be involved with that. Cool. We'll have special guests for both of those, and we're gonna try to go as deep as we can with any of those. So it'll be fun as we go. Kind of like a little parallel thing going on with the regular Best Picture winners, and we'll be heading into the second half of our season four. So which is great stuff, and tons of Oscar coverage too, which is always yeah. a blessing. To we'll, oh, we'll man. be that's, all that's, over that stuff. That's one of my favorite things we do. It's it's a great it's like a little like kind of Super Bowl season yeah. for for film fans. So great stuff. Thank you so much. The biggest thank you we can give on Thanksgiving is to the people that make it to the final minute of these episodes. And <laughs> You're I, the two I don't, heroes. I, it's Holy an elite shit. crew that I think some of us, even within Best Picture Guests, might not be a part of. And Chris, That's maybe. Right. <laughs> Chris is like, I've little. never heard a full episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I give up three quarters. That is of untrue, Joey. Uh, yes. Yeah, so thank 30, you so much lies. for listening, beginning to end. The the people who, the people who listen, the week that it drops, man, uh, they're all, we know you're out there. We see you out we there. Appreciate we appreciate you. you. But we appreciate all the people that find us later on and go through the archives too and and check that stuff out. Anyone who's listening to what we're doing, who's supported us in any way, we can't give a bigger thanks to you out there. And hit us up. Let us know your pre- appreciation. Our email is bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. All of our socials are at bestpicturecast. You'll have the um, the info for our co-hosts in our in, in our episode description. Chris, you want to just drop your your art uh, account there? Yeah, it's uh, at popvulturearts on Instagram. Amazing stuff he does. Do you have the store set up just yet? Is Not that going to be? But maybe by the yet. time they hear this in, in the future, yes. they'll it, it'll be set up. But yeah, but yeah. pop at popvulturearts. Yes. So all the info will be there. There'll eventually be a spot where you can go and check out his stuff and, and get his stuff because it is next level stuff. He does uh, an amazing so cool. job. Yeah. And uh, boy, guys, another Thanksgiving in the books. This was a blast. I can't believe we've done three Thanksgivings together. It's great. It's yeah, amazing it's awesome. stuff. I can't yeah. wait till next Thanksgiving when we do Brian Singer's apt pupil. We're doing apt pupil next year. I'm not. <laughs> and Chris, you didn't use sleepers. I know. I was so disappointed. <laughs> I was so fucking disappointed. I know. I thought, I for two, sure. Two times is enough. I, mean, I yeah. haven't said anything. Not I was gonna... like, oh my God, I hope Chris forgot. <laughs> That's if right. you haven't watched it by now, you'll never watch it. Oh yeah. my God. 
Wow. Okay, thank you so much, and we'll see you next week in Derry, Maine. Can't wait. We all float too. We all float down here. So let me feel, and I'll set you free.